Welcome to this week's episode of the Nerd Chatter Podcast, where two nerds sit down and chit-chat about nerd things that we find throughout the week. And boy, was it a busy week. Joined, as always, by my good buddy Garrett. My friend, how are you? Pretty good. How are you doing? It is a bit crazy. This is a a whole lot of information, a lot of announcements and and trailers and all kinds of stuff coming out of uh, Gamescom. And then just the Twitter roundup is, is insane, too. So... Uh, we'll get into that, but first and foremost, I'd like to go over some free games and heavily discounted games. Uh, you know, Epic Game Store, as always, their weekly free game, Ring of Pain. This looks like a card-based strategy game that's free on the Epic Game Store until September 1st. Uh, and also, they had something listed, I think it's the Bungie 30th Anniversary Pack for Destiny 2. Um, I think you have to own the game. I, I'm not sure if the base game is free, um, but if you do, it, it's like free skins and other items for Destiny 2, so... Uh, that is available until 10 a.m. Pacific on August 30th uh, on the Epic Game Store, too. So go ahead and check that out. Um, you have some sales on PlayStation Network, which is fairly interesting. Uh, nothing too dramatic, but we got some notable ones in here. Uh, just kind of going down the list. Uh, Alan Wake Remastered, um, Diablo 3 Eternal Collection, which is uh, down to 20 bucks. Division 2 is, is $12 down from $30. Then you got Detroit Become Human, which is half off. Devil May Cry 5. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot is $18. Not too bad. It's down from $60 full price. Gang Beasts, uh, which is super fun. That's only $9 right now. Uh, That's usually $20. Job Simulator, uh, Judgment, Lego Marvel Super Heroes, Metro Exodus, Monster Hunter Worlds, $15. Uh, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered is just $8, down from $40. Risk of Rain 2, Shadow of Colossus, nice. Uh, Slime Rancher, Spelunky 2, Spyro, Reignited Trilogy, uh, Star Wars, Jedi, Fallen Order, Deluxe Edition, only 15 bucks right now. Super good that's buy. A, yeah, that's a great buy. Mm-hmm, down from 50 bucks. Uh, Stranded Deep, which I actually enjoyed quite a bit. Um, that's down to $9, down from 20 uh, Untitled Goose Game, which is epic, and then Yakuza 0. Um, so a good good list of, of heavily discounted options there on PlayStation Network. So if you got a PlayStation, go check that out. Uh, and as I mentioned, we had a lot of news come out this week. Um, so we're going to kind of treat this like we did the Comic-Con episode where we just we just gun through it. Um, we might talk about some things here and there, but kind of expect this to be like rapid fire headlines and talking about, you know, different announcements of IPs and, um, you know, sequels and, and that type of stuff. Trailers that dropped. Uh, so we're going to kind of fire through here. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah, this is this is heavy. Uh, first and foremost, The Lords of the Fallen. That is a sequel to the 2014 hit Lords of the Fallen. <laughs> so they just added the the to make it the second. I well, know. it's the Lord of the Fallen instead of Lords yeah, of, Fa- of it, the Fallen. They, I mean, it's, you know, I whatever. Hate it. I hate it when they do that. It's so <laughs> stupid. But uh, I get it. But that's, that's developed by Deck 13. Uh, the trailer has no gameplay. Um, but it is pretty epic. It's a Soul-style game. Uh, and it is played to Danzig's mother. Uh, pretty epic trailer, to be honest. I mean, you know, it's got everything yeah. you want. I mean, I I'm not a fan of the the, the style of yeah. those types of games, but it looked really clean. I mean, no gameplay, but it looked clean. Like so. that medieval gothic style. Yeah, um, that's Souls, just... you know, Elder uh, Elden Ring that type of thing. Yeah, I, I'm, I can do Skyrim okay, and, and um, like uh, other Elder Scrolls games. That's but more of like a, an actual. Yeah, it's medieval. it's different, but uh, 
This is a fantastical more, gothic. You know, yeah, that, that's just not my my yeah. gig. Yeah, I mean, it's I I really appreciate that type of art style. So, uh, you know, I but dig it, it. It's not for everyone, but mm-hmm. it's very pretty. Yeah. Um, a lot of the shots they have, let's um, the detail. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's a clean trailer. You know, we'll have all these trailers listed hopefully in the in the, uh, <laughs> the description. Um, but you know, moving on. I mean, if you like Lords of the Fallen, you like Soul style games. Uh, I'm not sure if that was an Xbox ex- Xbox exclusive last time. I'm not sure. It's it's been a while, but I did play it a little bit. I'm just bad at Souls style games, so I didn't play it for that long. Um, next one is a new IP. It's First Descendant. It's a third person action RPG developed by Nexon. You know, it looks like you got some fast travel, some melee and weapon combat, uh, grapple hooks, you know, uh, just your, your, your typical third person, you know, just kind of, I don't want to call it hack and slash, but, uh, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's a newer IP or new IP, I should say. So it's, uh, it's something that people, you know, they, they gave their round of applause and just kind of moved on, <laughs> moved on to the next one. But, uh, you know, if you're into those style of games, there's quite a few. Uh, of those types of options that were that were announced. Uh, the next one, which is an interesting one for me in particular, is Everywhere. Did you see that trailer? I did. Mm-hmm. Um, what is I mean, it? <laughs> I, <laughs> That's the thing. It's like nobody knows I, what it is. I don't know. I mean, yeah. there's like the, the trucks in it, and then there's just like some You're nice like scenery. Deserts, and it's like, it kind of looks like No Man's Sky-ish style. Yeah. And yeah so. it, I, I just... I have no clue what to make out of it because mm. there's like, they have like really quick shots of like people. Everything. <laughs> uh, everything. It, it might be everything, but yeah. it, it, I just don't understand you and can't, comprehend you what can't they're trying to put in it that. Together, yeah. And um, I mean, the trailer's only a minute and fifteen seconds, so then they only have like thirty seconds, forty <laughs> seconds of actual like stuff. Yeah. So I'll try to remember. I, I'll yeah. try to remember. There was some pre-alpha footage that I tracked down. Uh, the developer is um, uh, Build a Rocket Boy. It's a new IP, but it is something that uh, I'm very familiar with. It's the attempt at fabricating an open world RP uh, environment, right? So yeah, you, okay, have, okay. you have things like uh, Second Life, right? Which was a game, I just, I'm going to reserve my judgment for, for Second Life, but essentially it was just an open world engine you can have different areas that you could travel to and stuff like that but people would essentially rent you know this digital real estate and make whatever existence they wanted and it's a second life you know people who you know were that for whatever situation you know whatever their circumstance may be uh, like to kind of vicariously live a second life through uh, a role play scenario which i mean if you're watching RP on Twitch, you know, a lot of people are there for entertainment, but some people do it because, you know, they, they, they got nothing else to do and they want to kind of be in that, in that world and, you know, reserve your judgments, <laughs> but it's, it was, I'm not a fan of sec- of second life just because of, of how, um, you know, it was, it was very aggressive and, and just kind of taking money from these people that wanted to have uh, social interaction essentially. Um, but the concept of the game, I, I digress. The concept of the game was an open world area that let people kind of build their own world and expand and live and meet and socialize. 
you get this being lived out vicariously through games and I mentioned this in a previous show or like Rust um, you know I've seen people uh, you know you got Arma you got GTA um, you have these games that prop up these open worlds that people can utilize uh, to do role play scenarios you know not your RPG like Skyrim but actual role play where you the character your voice and your actions are that character's you know interactions with the digital world um, so everywhere, if you look at the trailer, which, like I said, I'll try to link in the in the description, but uh, the pre-alpha was a Arma-esque type real world, one-to-one, exactly what I explained, you know, in, in a world where there's buildings and there's, you know, shops and there's roads and there's jobs and there's roles for people to play and stuff like that. And basically a person can go and, and build houses and start a farm or, you know, hypothetically. And um, the jump, and this this trailer, this pre-alpha trailer was a year ago. And the jump from what it looked like to what it looked like now was insane. Because, like, literally the pre-alpha that I, I saw was, like, you're, you're a big rig driver and you're driving down a, a beautiful scenic desert highway just to deliver... A, a load to some warehouse somewhere then it shows a guy in a truck first person driving down the main road of a small town uh you know corner shops and people walking around and just realistic you know a world for you to live in um much like like i said gta and arma and stuff like that a game that i had mentioned prior also was identity which was an absolute failure uh, developed by asylum asylum interactive i think it was uh, and he, he was a developer of an RP server for Arma. Uh, that game went belly up and, and was an embarrassment. I just recently actually announced that they're still working on it and plan to release an expansion on it. It's like seven years later and shit, you know? So um, it's 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 something that, that people have been trying to do, you know? Like I had mentioned in, in the previous episode, uh, DayZ started as a mod in Arma and then became its own standalone game. Uh, Battle Royale was PUBG in, or I'm sorry, uh, Player Unknown's Battle Royale in Arma that became PUBG, which then got stolen and taken. <laughs> now everybody has a BR. Um, so Pete, that that community for RP has been trying to have a game for themselves where they can do what they do, and you can obviously see how popular it is on Twitch. Like you know, so there is a a. a a niche of, of players that want to experience that type of gameplay. So uh, everywhere is that attempt. However, the jump from a realistic world to live in to now being able to like, I don't know if I, if I remember correctly, it was like, like spaceships and stuff. And you're like flying around or I know there was like, you know, you're zipping through the desert and a completely different driving style. kind of looked like, like Forza, you know, horizons and uh, the, the, the movement and first person aspect of it looked a lot more like, I don't want to say polished. It just looked completely different. So, um, they actually plan to have this game in the hands of players, uh, in 2023 and on stage was unable to explain what the game was or show any type of actual like gameplay. See, uh, I, I, uh, what <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that just, this game boggles my mind that they, they can't even explain it on stage when yeah. it's coming out next year. Yeah. It, it, yeah, that that's bonkers. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I, I know what it is because I know what they're trying to do, but to the normal person, they'd be like, what is this? 
you know they'll probably get into the world and be like what is there's there's nothing here it's not telling me to do anything or anything like what is this game when that's really <laughs> what it is it's supposed to be an open world to where you go and meet people and talk and get into mischief and rob banks or start a business or do whatever you know um so i think that's what they're trying to do i mean if they pull it off i'll be there you know with bells on because that's you know that's my jam but you know to me i was like whoa either they they were just like damn unreal engine 5 is way easier to work with and we can make this thing look way good you know like and they just did it or something but i i cannot explain the the intense jump in graphics and design and style and you know even just like the weapon mechanics and stuff like that that i saw driving mechanic everything was different so i don't know how is that going to be in the hands of people in 2023 is my question but uh moving on because we have to dying light 2 stay human bloody ties did you see that trailer uh yeah i it, it's definitely not the type of game i like the yeah. it, it looks it's extremely gritty yeah and uh I violent mean, so. dying dying light is dying light in itself is a is a gimmick game it's your typical zombie first person experience mm -hmm. survival you know um the uh, appeal of that game the hook is the parkour aspects of of traversal right and and combat um so i guess i guess i'm not involved in in the the community of dying light too but I guess it was something that was requested with some type of arena type of of play style game mode and that's kind of what this looks like it, it looks like a it's a dlc but it's uh it's kind of set in an, in an interior where it's it's somewhat of like an arena where you're kind of gladiators so i mean that actually looked a little more fun than than the game itself the game itself is has always kind of looked like me whatever i've played that game a thousand times you know what i mean so uh, this is a little bit different, a little bit more, you know, you don't have to worry about running away from hordes or, you know, scattering from, from gunfire. It's just people with, you know, hatchets and axes <laughs> wailing at each other in, a, in an arena. Like, I might be down, but, um, you know, I don't have Dying Light, so it's not going to be yeah. something I picked up. Uh, next one, New Tales from the Borderlands. You know, and, and we already went over this. You, you you went through all these trailers and just didn't really like anything. Nothing really appealed to you. Yeah, um, the, the, there's only like two or three that are appealing. Yeah. Um, well, one is appealing and the others are, eh, we'll see. But yeah, New Tales of the Borderlands, Gearbox game, same old experience. Slightly different art style. Didn't look as, as stylistic. Almost looked like they're trying to like like soften people up for the transition to the live action uh show that they're going to be doing i forget on netflix or hulu or whatever one of those streaming platforms uh, okay, um, okay so let's let's talk about that real quick why why is there this big need to have video games be tv shows when you get so much more content and experience out of a video game that doesn't make sense yeah, I mean it's it's the same thing as 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 books, you know. Um, I just don't think that they've they've nailed how to properly convey the storytelling that's done in a video game into anything live action. Yet. Yeah, um, I, that's where I'm going at. There's so much more inclusivity in a video game than there is in a movie. Like yeah. you are the director, you are doing the things. 
of a video game while a movie you're just sitting back and watching. There's no interaction other than yeah. what your eyes are doing. And that is a lot of filler, though. You know, if you were to take the cutscenes in a game, it probably wouldn't amount to half of a movie. You know what I mean? So it's like, aside from filming, you know, 20 minutes of a character literally running across a desert to get to another location, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're not gonna you're not going to film that, obviously. So... Um, there's just a balance that needs to be done there. You know, there's, they've, they've gotten pretty good with books, obviously. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, they have to sacrifice. We went over that with our Harry Potter, uh, catch up where, you know, you have to cut. It's just, there's no question about it. You don't have the ability to tell everything a a tens of hours long book, you know, 10, 15 hours uh, long book. Uh, and have it convey the same way on on film it's just not going to happen so yeah uh, and they are they're going to do it i know but there it's just so much easier to do that with a book because the story it's it is a singular story that there's no possible way for it to change yeah and also i think the with books too the the point is to convey the same feeling that a reader gets when reading the pages of the book uh when you're adapting a video game a lot of that is just blank pages and you're kind of left you know to your own amusement to fill those pages so yeah um, getting that to translate over is is difficult because it's a different way of 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 absorbing the plot and story you know of of anything so yeah i just don't think it works you know it's just not gonna work um but in i i feel like some games especially like um games that are very on rails would work for that type of aspect Mm -hmm. but like there's other games where it's open world um like choice based games i just can't see them yeah pulling it off very well anyways what what we got we got the the cherry on the top very last thing we'll talk about in the roundup so just remember this conversation (laughs) about new (laughs) tales of borderland uh moving on the next one callisto protocol um, that's a Dead Space style game. I'm positive you've never played Dead Space. That um, is correct. <laughs> executive producer, actually, of Dead Space. With a new IP uh, by developers, Striking Distance Studios Incorporated. Published by uh, Blue Hole's parent company, Crafton. Um, is a third person. I mean, it's very Dead Space, but it looked like stale. He had like a gun, kind of like a gravity gun. Um, it's an over-the-shoulder, you know, kind of stealthy horror game survival. Uh, he was grabbing, like, zombie monsters and throwing them into, like, a big meat grinder. And then, yeah, I... you know, he's shooting. It's just, it's your typical, you know, it's it's a Dead Space game. Um, yeah. They had three of those. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a whatever game. Um, I know that they're excited because, you know, it's their, it's their startup. You know, this is where they're... This is their new thing, you know. So, best of luck, I guess. It's just I don't I don't think there's enough creativity there to kind of draw on the masses and have a, a game of the year type of situation. So yeah. So uh, the next one we have the Hogwarts Legacy plot trailer that uh, got dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very focused on Slytherin and dark magic. Um, I mean, it, it looks pretty fun. Um, very. Uh, I don't know. With all the skeletons and stuff, it kind of threw me for a second there. Um, like we really haven't seen that much in like any of the Harry, any of the other Harry Potter content, or Hogwarts or whatever that that world. Um, 
Aside from the cave. Um, yeah, that one cave. And in the books, he very they very explicitly mention Voldemort having the, the ability to to like raise the dead, right? Yeah, and that's all part of the dark arts and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it looked good. The The little gameplay that they did looked good. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's super striking. I'm, I'm really yeah. waiting for something... Um, where it's just a heavy gameplay trailer with no cinematics, because yeah. I think that's going to be the real tale uh, for that game, is what the gameplay is truly going to look like. Are we going to be able to free cast any spell that we want? Are we going to be um, bound by a certain protocol? Or Yeah, you'll probably, you? you'll probably be like, you know, load them on your D-pad and then switch between the spells on the fly and, yeah. you know, only and, have the ability to do four at a time or what have you, and um, and that that's fine as long as you have the ability to switch them out at will. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it was definitely hinting at some of the uh, unforgivable um, curses and, and stuff. Crucio, I mean, yeah. yeah, Crucio is there. I mean, I w- I would love it if we got to do some uh, Avada Kedavras, you know. <laughs> <Some lovely people. laughs> uh, there, I mean, I, it might actually. I was thinking about it, it might actually be like like Spider Man, you know, where it it just time freezes and you can swap between your spells. Uh, and then hit it. It's just, I think the fluid nature, because I recall, so I mean, in the trailer, in the trailer, originally the gameplay trailer, which I mean, we did get that trailer of, of nonstop gameplay essentially, but, um, I mean, it was edited, but you did see like undead being tossed around and, and, you know, uh, attacked with spells and stuff like that. So it was kind of like a wet fart for me because I mean, you, there's no real fan of this game <laughs> bigger than me. I'm so hyped for this game, and it's like yeah. every time I see something about it, it's kind of like, eh, 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 just release the game. You know what I mean? Like I've I've gotten to the point where it's like I'm not being impressed by anything I'm seeing, so I'd much rather the game come out, um, you know, and and just deal with it then. So uh, I think we're cool. Maybe one more trailer with some like half and half cinematic and some gameplay around Christmas and then just like chill and then just release the game and, and get it out. But, uh, no, no say as to whether or not there's co-op multiplayer. Um, it did. I mean, I was looking at the, the character that presumably you play in the, in the, the trailer, it was a girl. She was Slither or no, she was Hufflepuff. Um, but I could have swore that I saw that character in a different color robe at some point, uh, not robe, but the, the lining to symbolize mm-hmm. a different house. So I'm assuming that I may be wrong, but I'm assuming that that's just, you know, the, that's just your character. And no matter what house you choose, you know, it's just going to kind of put you in this environment. And it was a story, it was a story driven trailer, um, where you have, yeah, the, the Slytherin, maybe, third year it looks like fourth year mm-hmm. um you know and you're kind of tagging along while he goes off on this tangent about the dark arts being cool and you know everybody should love the dark arts and uh you know a very kind of typical deal i guess there is the point in the trailer where they start battling with crucio to learn it yeah uh, which i mean will be fleshed out a little bit more hopefully and be an interesting scene but it was like yeah, whatever we'll see. it was whatever um but with that, the pre-orders are now available as of True. 
the 25th, and if you pre-order the Digital Deluxe Edition, you get a, the Dark Arts Pack, which has mm-hmm, a, mm-hmm. a mount and some cosmetic stuff. You get the um, Thestral. Yeah. Thestral comes with it, and it kind of has like a Death Eater mask um, that's yeah, like gray. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I mean, I get it. I mean, it totally fits. Um, yeah. I don't think it's it's like a, a huge deal. My thing is, what is up with that 72-hour advanced gameplay? I mean, most pre-orders do that now. On a single-player game in the year 2022, explain to me what other game <laughs> have you experienced that is single-player that has an advanced playtime? It's typically online because that's the draw. Yeah. Is you yeah. get your advance, you get your, you get your, you, you, you get know. your three days to yeah. start. So you yeah, can yeah. be like super OP by the time that all the scrubs come in and admire you for how dope you are, you know? Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Multiplayer? Um, but, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm speculating. Multiplayer? I, I sure hope so. I mean, yeah. if they don't have multiplayer, I think it would be a disservice to the game. True. I mean, it, you know, it's a class type setting and having friends and stuff to go and make your own little trio of of adventure seekers would be nice yeah. you know i mean i obviously obviously i would i would be down to get that 300 dollars version of of the game to get like the it has a it's like a modeled book it's not i don't think it's an actual book but i think it's kind of like a a platform that interacts with a wand looks kind of like a crappy wand but it's on there it has a bunch of digital stuff there's like collector box and, and this yeah and that. yeah yeah okay so Here's the different pre-orders that you have uh, for the game. The standard includes the obviously the base game, then the Onyx Hippogriff as the mm-hmm. pre-order exclusive. Okay. Um, then the Deluxe Edition includes base game, the Onyx Hippogriff, 72 hours uh, access, then that Dark Arts pack. Then the Collector's Edition includes the Deluxe Edition of the game and content and everything that comes with it. Um, including the hippogriff then a life-size floating ancient wand with bookcase a steel case and a kelpie robe which is a cosmetic dlc a floating wand i need to see that there's no way that's true there's no way that's true what do you mean um, floating okay you know how they have those floating speakers that use magnets it looks like based on the pictures that they have I mean, it's it's just like a render. It's not even actually the actual thing that you're going to receive. But it looks like the book base um, has the 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 magnet or the like the electric or the like the electromagnet in it. Then the wand has just um, passive magnets that will keep it floating. I have to see this because I mean that's. That's like way too crazy. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, you go to Spencer's and they got, you know, or discovery store or whatever. And they got like the floating planets. So you get like a little death star that will like sit on your table and it floats, but it's three millimeters off the, <laughs> you know, it's like a hair so and a half off the, off the base. And it's like, I'm right. looking at a actual picture of it now. Oh, and there's a video. Um, Link it. I'm, I'm working on it right now. Yeah, so from the Hogwarts Legacy YouTube channel, they have, like, an actual video of this thing. Okay, so yeah, it is, like, a hair and a half off. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's, okay, it's what I expected, I guess. I mean, it's... 
It looks like if you were to just breathe on it, that thing is good. <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah. a little precarious. You, I mean, Ian, I can... Okay, so, like, yeah, this is, like, minimal achievement. Like, obviously, this thing... Because the picture I saw, this thing floating, like, 10 inches off of the book. I was like, what is this? Uh, no. Um, five, it, it's six like millimeters off the, <laughs> off the half inch, a quarter inch off of the, the top of the book. I mean, it's cool that it floats and, like, rotates and stuff like that, but... Yeah, uh, it's definitely not like super crazy, and it's definitely a gimmick. It's it's something that needs to be plugged in and and you know going for it to actually like work or it just yeah. like, sits there. Well, and like I said, the the bottom uses some type of electromagnet to um, provide enough magnetism to have the the passive magnets um, keep afloat and barely. support the wand. Yeah, look but at the it, picture at the yeah, end. Yeah, it's barely. It is just barely look at the picture at the very very end of the video of like all the stuff that you get and like look at how and it it's looks like four there. inches up <laughs> it's like beautifully filled like floating and like that would be sick yeah but yeah eh, i'm not i'm not all about that life um no, it, that's something that you you put on a bookcase like and yeah. you just big forget about it and, uh, yeah and it's kind of with a plug nearby and and yeah you know have nothing near it to to draw away from it and yeah eh, i'm not I mean, I mean that's a uh, two hundred and ninety dollars. Just uh, was it two ninety nine or two ninety dollars? At least on uh, GameStop right now, the pre order is two ninety. Yeah. But the the collector's edition is either currently or it's showing is currently unavailable, so it's either sold out or they ha or haven't prepared it yet. In the store, um, February seventh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's and and this is the type of thing where it's like you open up the the collector case steel case that you get thinking that you're going to get the game and then there's a, a fake game in there with a code that you go to steam to download and it's yeah, like and that's oh, okay so uh yeah if you're into that type of stuff you know all all you uh, but moving on um something that i'm actually pretty stoked about i mentioned it dune awakening this is developed by funcom which i've played their games in the past conan exiles and the park the park is a first person creepy game um where you're in an amusement park and it's like haunted and there's weird stuff going on. Um, but Conan exiles is a kind of like a rust style, open world survival looter where you build your houses, you expand, you build farms, you build, you know, means of transportation, you get mounts, you get animals and other things and you raid other people's bases and stuff. Um, Dune awakening, is listed as an open world survival MMO, so I'm getting uh, I'm getting Conan Exiles vibes off of it. Um, the trailer looks super sick. Definitely check that one out. Yeah, the the trailer looks really really polished. I mean, mm. it's CG, um, yeah. but the trailer looks nice. If if they're able to pull the that in the engine off, I'd probably be interested in picking it up on sale. Um, Dune's not my thing. It I feel like it, you know, pulls a little bit Star Wars, but uh, whatever. Uh, it pulls from Star Wars. What did you say? <laughs> Literally, I, the inspiration for Star Wars pulled from Star Wars. Like they stole spice from Dune, my guy. <laughs> Spice is literally yeah. stolen from, and there is so much from Star Wars that's stolen from Dune. It's like sickening and shit. Well, Dune I, came uh, first, by the way. Just to let you know, <laughs> remember that the original Dune. Yeah, put but some I respect on it. Literally, like the inspiration for Star Wars is Dune. Like, there's so many correlations. It's like flabbergasting that he hasn't been sued into oblivion. But anyways, well, continued. <laughs> I, I'm, not I, a, I'm not a Dune fan, by the way. I just know that's true, and I, I refuse. 
I refuse to allow George to take that credit. When it comes to Dune Awakening, you got your, you know, your dusty environment with Conan Exiles. You're out in the desert. It's, it's, it's very, you know, just dirty. And uh, it is not very lived in in the world. It's not very flushed out. It kind of gives me arc vibes. Um, I played it a little bit, but I just didn't like... It's like when you play games like Rust and Ark and stuff, it feels a little more flushed out. And and when I played um, Conan Exiles, it kind of just felt like a crude open world, you know, get past all the buggy monsters so that you can build a, a shelter so that you can kind of expand from there. So hopefully the developers, Funcom, have kind of advanced their styles and their, you know, uh, and, and their approach to like the, the UI and stuff like that. Uh, I remember that distinctly too in Conan Exiles, the UI, just like your inventory and the icons for the things that you have are kind of muddled. So hopefully all of that's polished because Dune is, is a very big world uh, and, and a lot of people do appreciate that that IP. So they got to be careful with it. Uh, and you do have some games coming out under that Dune franchise now with these movies coming out. So, uh, you know, hopefully they pull it off. Uh, next one here, Sonic Frontiers. I'm sure you're just super stoked for Sonic Frontiers. Yeah. You know, <laughs> okay, so I played Sonic as a kid. like mm -hmm. As we all did. Yeah. As you should. Yeah, and, and the game, I mean, it was just fine. But this trailer looks completely dumb. It looks like Temple Runner. It looks like <laughs> the old Sonic. And it looks like some yeah. open world thing. It's just this amalgam of games that it's just like, how are they going to pull this off successfully? This is not new. This is well, not no, new. They, they, they made this transition. I forget when. Um, there's there's a, a rabid Sonic fan base out there that just popped oh, up like overnight. Is. And um, they will definitely know the game. But there has been other open world free traversal but slash like 2D where, you know, you hit certain parts of the map and then it transitions to 2D. Um so it's been like that before. I really didn't see anything new or shiny about this. If anything, it was kind of like dull. I just don't think Sonic fits well in realistic environments. Like he just doesn't look good when the the environment looks a little bit too realistic for this incredibly cartoony character that is your main protagonist. Yeah. You know, and I, I gotta say, like, there's the one part in the trailer that Sonic did, like the anime run and i was just, I, my eyes just went straight back rolling it <laughs> the was naruto so run does he do naruto run yes he does oh my God. and it's like purposeful like they show it in the trailer it's like are you kidding me? i mean he's sonic he he runs that's what he do well yeah he runs but come on <laughs> now this next one i'm i'm excited for i'm not even a big like you know uh turn-based type game player but you know i've been wanting to get into to minifig painting I say minifig Lego, but, you know, yeah. miniatures painting uh, for like 40K. I don't play 40K, but I thoroughly appreciate the the, the models. Uh, gorgeous, gorgeous. And looks like just I salivate at the idea of painting those things. They're just expensive. Uh, and Moonbreaker is, is, you know, a little bit of a, of, a, of a scratch to that itch because it is a Warhammer-like tabletop simulator turn-based game uh, where you do unlock you know, figures that, you know, are miniatures that you build your decks and that you play, you know, your turn-based style tabletop game. Um, but the, the, the draw of this, it is, it is a fairly unique I, IP, I guess. It's uh, based around, um, who was it? It's uh, Brandon Sanderson. I think he, 
I haven't read his books. I know he has like courses on YouTube for like creative writing and, and, and world building and stuff like that. I've watched his segment or his, his seminars. Um, but he writes a, 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 a series called Mistborn that I've, I've never experienced myself, but uh, teamed up with the devs of Subnautica, which is a gorgeous underwater underwater survival, you know, base builder game that is simultaneously horrifying for people with water phobias or sea phobias. Because uh, there are gigantic sea beasts that are, are just horrific. Um, the game looks super polished, looks super good. Uh, kind of like a league type art style. Uh, well, and I was about to say, um, I had to look it up on my phone. It Like, um, like the board itself kind of looked like a Hearthstone the, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. on your phone game or, you know, iPhone or, or Android, whatever. Um, but it, it had that, that kind of art style. Um, I mean, it looks really great and I'm, I'm interested in the tabletop and turn-based, um, aspect of it. I'm not super crazy about the customizable minifigures what? or whatever they call That's it. my draw. Is I, the I, fact I, that I you know. can get completely unpainted and... The, the, the system, and, and I was going to mention this, but it does allow you to paint as if they're real items. But the, the detail that allows you to do, the shading, the colors, the the I mean, the tools, that's all super cool. I mean, I'm an artist, so like to me, it's like, oh my god, they, they took something I love and they put it into a game, you know? Yeah, I, I'm... So like, like I said, the tabletop game looks... Or that was appealing to me. That's all I would want to do with that game, though. Yeah, it's certainly not hiding the fact that it is a tabletop environment yeah. you know the characters have bases uh the table is like set in some type of you know realistic background setting you know so um i just think it's interesting because i it's just it's i kind of peruse you know first a game like that that i can like sink my teeth into and, and this one i mean i haven't tried like XCOM, just like your turn-based like yeah. you know tile movement game uh, i wasn't digging it I mean, I just can't get pulled into it. So I'm, I'm always kind of looking for these these types of games to where I can, you know, when I'm bored and I want to play 15, 20 minutes of something or 30 minutes of something, I can do that, you know. And, uh, you know, maybe it looked pretty good in my opinion. Uh, that is Developers Unknown Worlds Entertainment. Like I mentioned, they made the Subnautica, Subnautica series, which, I mean, if you like survival base builder games, um, but also kind of exploration and story-driven um you know, Subnautica is actually not that bad. Uh, next one on here, Goat Simulator 3. <laughs> a pure, um, pure uh, just greatness, to be honest. Just ab- absolute greatness. Yeah, the the trailer <laughs> just was everywhere. Crazy. I mean, yeah. you had, like, you know, the, the goat with people doing yoga. And it just, like, oh, we're painting to the left. And there's a flaming <laughs> car coming through the window. Yeah. Like, did, have you ever played Goat Simulator? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, so like Goat Simulator is that. It's just, it's literally, there's Nuts. so many of these of these simulator games where it's just people who create something and they throw it in this world and let you play with the physics of whatever engine that it is, you know. Yeah, and I, I've seen it get played before. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm, I'm familiar enough with it. it. It's just crazy to me to think that there was a second game and now that there's a third game. No, like, there was no second game. <laughs> Yeah, there was. <laughs> no, there was not. Are you sure? There was not. <laughs> I totally thought there was. There was not. Oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
So yeah, this uh, this game, these guys are obviously trolls. Uh, they made another game. What was it? Uh, Factorio? No, no, not Factorio. Satisfactory, which was a very beautiful first-person, like, I want to say, like, it's like a factory builder, you know, where you, like, build large structures to get things done, you know, make things and ship things and stuff like that, but in, like, a, a space setting. Um, so they went from having this really cheap, goat simulator to then releasing that game and it being like what <laughs> these guys made this game this looks like really good um it's only like 30 dollars or whatever but it never drops under 20 bucks uh, and i hate that i just want it to be like five dollars one day and then i'll just get it off my wish list and i'll be happy um but uh yeah there was no part two they released goat simulator uh three and yeah, oh, this is just more of what that is. <laughs> just more of what that is. They blow it out. <laughs> more engines. You can get in cars. You can be other animals. You can do this, that. It's multiplayer, yada, yada, yada. Uh, you know, the first game was random, too. I remember if you, like, took five bodies to the mountains, there was, like, a pentagram painted on the ground. If you position them, then it turns you in, you know, position them in this particular setting and did some type of like <laughs> ritual. You then become like a demon goat and you'd be able to like jump around and destroy things. It was absolutely insane. Just a, it's a random game, you know? So yeah. if, if, if you want a random game and you just want to be like, what is this? What am I playing? What is going on? That's what Goat Simulator 3 is. Uh, my that's like my 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 wife style. She likes like silly games. That's a that's what she calls them. They're just silly games, games where you can just go and you know have a ridiculous time uh, and giggle at the stupid stuff. Um, you know, it's just it is what it is. Uh, yeah. Moving on to the next one here, Under the Waves. Uh, it's a second. Uh, I'm sorry. It's a story driven underwater adventure game developed by Parallel Studios. Not very much going on this one. Um, somewhat of a like an oil painting style yeah, art? It, I mean, uh, one of my fears is uh, drowning and everything was underwater and I was like, uh, Subnautica uh, would absolutely yeah, yeah. just freak you out. Dude. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's a big thing. You got to keep There's a reason going. I haven't played that game. I mean, I'm, that's a, that's a no a thank you. It's a gorgeous game, to be honest. And I have, a, I have an issue with deep, dark areas like that. So, like... Being out in the ocean, it's like, I'm fine being on the boat, but the second I start looking down and, like, into the water, like, I'll have, like, just a mental freak out. Yep, yep, It's yep. like, if I were to have to jump into the open waters of the ocean, I would probably die of a heart attack just because <laughs> I can't handle this gigantic, massive open area under my feet. Like, I can't do it. Yep. Um, well, I, I can I can do big boats. I, I can do small boats, uh, like, uh, without getting seasick mm -hmm. if I'm, like, at the front of the boat, but... I mean, the second I look down, I'm I'm done. Yeah. I'm like getting ready to throw up. It's yeah. nasty. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't even go there. It's, it's the second I get into it, I would freak. Um, also, I just don't like the ocean. I and mean, you know, if it, if it, everything in the ocean just blinked out of existence, I'd be like, all right, <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> nice. Okay, you know, the there are some creatures thing... down there that are horrific that don't oh, yeah. that they don't belong in this planet. Right? They probably weren't from this planet. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> the way they look. You know, yeah. there's probably aliens down there just doing some weird, like, experiments and shit and releasing these fish into the, into the oceans, being like, nah, this one's messed up. It has no eyes. Like, ah, oh, this one's messed up. It has a light hanging off its forehead, you know? Yeah. There's well, just even, weird like, shit down there, and I don't want like oh, anything to totally. do it. Oh, totally. However, burn all. Uh, I like whales. Like orcas. Yeah, whales are cool, and dolphins yeah. are dope. You know, there's cool shit yeah, in there, but there's also cool horrific stuff. things in there. That, oh, 100%. Far outweigh the fact that, that <laughs> there's dolphins out there that are having a good time, you know? 
Yeah. Um, well, and you got you got seals and sea lions. You know. Yeah, let's the, go the same. The doggies of the yeah the doggos the sea doggos. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's this one. I don't think you'd have an issue with just because it looks really story story driven. Like and yeah, whatever. Uh, Subnautica it, it will freak you out because you know your vision will be going dark and you'll start having shakes and you need oh, to find yeah, a fish to suck air out of before you before you suffocate. Uh, yeah, that's a, yeah. a big no. And then you got to like venture out into a deep, dark, open area where you kind of see this gigantic, uh, you know, dragon-sized like eel, like kind of creeping through the darkness out there that you got to kind of get through. And it's like, yeah, I'm alright. Yeah, um, um, I will forever <laughs> not play that game. Yeah, so uh, you know, you can give it a shot if you're into that type of stuff. Uh, next one, Marauders. This one was kind of like whatever. It was just. A, a shooter game uh, listed as I listed as a tactical first person multiplayer looter shooter extraction game set in an original sci-fi universe developed by a relatively new dev uh, small impact games published by team 17 um, I have no thoughts on this game yeah. it, it was just it's the same yeah it's division you know it's like division yeah. came out with I don't even know I don't even know if they were like the inventor of the extraction type gameplay and by extraction I mean uh, use play. I mean, Marvel Avengers. You as players, you team up into a lobby. You enter a restricted play area. You survive, and you have to get out alive. Uh, that is the concept of the game. You take the loot after Tarkov is one of them. They're going to be converting into a different open world game, though. Um, that's the type of style. This is so cookie cutter for that type of thing. I mean, it looked fun in the sense that you get to shoot something, but I have like 600 games on my steam profile or something i'm sure like a third of those are probably first person shooters and i still stare at my computer screen just trying to find a first person that feels good to just spend time in you know and i had battlefront for about a while there but it kind of just got old once you get to like level 400 and something or whatever <laughs> you know but um it does it doesn't look like it's gonna be that game you know what i mean so well battlefront is really good for like you know, having a chill evening or something, yeah, shoot some stuff, playing with a buddy, Swing and just some sabers. Yeah, just, mm -hmm. just, just completely destroying some rebels. It's okay. Casual play. I like that. You know. Yeah. That's, that's the boomer in me coming out, but it is what it is. This this just looks like another one of them. Team up with some buddies, go get some loot, come back. You know, repeat that type. Of yeah. Thing. Uh, Lies of P. This one is like random. Random is all hell. Uh, I was like, oh, it looks kind of cool. And then I read the, read up on the game, and it's in, it's Pinocchio, the lies of Pinocchio. It is like a it's a late eight is it like late eighteen hundreds kind of gothic steampunky style. Uh, it's yeah. developed by Neo is, which is I mean it's not really saying very much. There's nothing really under their belt, but uh, it is inspired by Pinocchio. You know, you, I think the characters are supposed to be, you know, because I think Pinocchio is like a Brothers Grimm type story, right? It's based off of something far older than the Disney property, you know? Uh, yeah. The reason why I think Guillermo del Toro and Disney are both releasing um, a Pinocchio film in the same year, which I'm going to watch the Pinocchio film because Tom Hanks, what up? Um, yeah. Disney Plus coming um, looks good, you know. I'll watch that. But the other one, it's like, eh. Uh, but this is gonna be like one of those like hyper realistic. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's on uh, Game Pass. Actually, the second game is. But I remember when I was a kid, uh, there was a PC game called Alice, and it was a uh, 
it's a horror a horror version horror concept of Alice in Wonderland so it's like all the characters and stuff are just morbid and kind of just dark and, and creepy uh, versions of what you're accustomed to and I kind of yeah, get that I, vibe from this one I came across Alice on accident um, when I was in college there was a program that we used um, to like get familiar with uh, programming logic mm -hmm. called Alice, but it was a dot l dot. You know, yeah. it was uh, an acronym, and um, so I was looking up like what this game was, and then uh, I accidentally came across that. I was like, oh, that's not the type of game I want to play ever. Great, thank you, bye. I mean, it was a game that like intrigued me. I never played it. Um, looking back on it, it looks so cheap, but yeah, and I've been considering. I've been considering loading up. Uh, the second one and giving it a shot because you know as, as somebody who who is open to you know reinterpretation and that type of stuff um you know why not it's, it seems like a perfect world to make a horror game out of uh this one doesn't come off as a horror game though this one kind of comes off as like a I don't know, maybe like a Persona Five. I don't, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to kind of like. And there's a genre there, but um, steampunky, late 1800s. You know what I'm talking about? That type yeah, of style. Yeah, yeah. It's been done. Um, <clears throat> next one, Stranded Alien Dawn. This one is a third-person survival simulation simulation strategy game developed by Hyamont Games. Uh, they are the ones behind Surviving Mars and. I think like the first five Tropico games. Um, so it is going to be, it's not, you know, you hear Stranded Alien Dawn. You think, you know, based on the trailer, it's like a, 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 a ship crash lands. They have to start colonizing and then another ship lands or something that crashes or whatever. And it kind of shows them looking at it in the distance. Uh, so you would assume that it's going to be some type of like base builder first person. It's actually a somewhat top down XCOM style um, base builder, but also turn-based like strategy game. So, eh, I, I, it had my interest for a second, and then and then once I saw the gameplay, I was like, oh, that looks boring. Yeah, um, I was not impressed. Um, but you know, who knows? Maybe maybe it'll come out. But I I was never a fan of the Tropico series. Um, uh, the wife is, you know, but it's it's not really a, a game that I get get into. And I like city builders and stuff like that. It was just the way they compressed stuff in the Tropico series was never my my jam um yep next uh, next one atlas fallen it's a single player action adventure rpg uh, in a desert with a hack and slash style gameplay with fast desert traversal via sliding uh, this is developed by a new dev deck 13 um i could have swore i saw another no that was team 17 but a deck 13 interactive it was it, it was mostly cinematic did you see this trailer yeah, I mean, it looked like, um, I, I don't know how to explain it. It looked like the dude was using some type of um, force-esque or levitational skill to, like, raise a bridge. And then he and the, the one chick in it were, like, summoning weapons and, like, mm -hmm. were changing weapons of what they had. And at the end, they were these, like, massive, huge like battle axes if i remember right yeah and they're i mean jumping it, in the air and twirling around and yeah it, it i at first it had my attention and as soon as it had those big like completely extravagant over-the-top weapons i was like okay yeah never yeah. mind 
And it looked like a hack and slash setup. Yeah. You know, like yeah. a whatever, maybe like a Monster Hunter style combat, you know. Um, I don't know. It might even be more, more crude than that. Just kind of like a, a Dynasty Warriors type of game style where you just go and hack it at big, big groups of, of characters, you know. Uh, meh, whatever, whatever. Um, moving on. I'll put this one in first, but Genshin Impact Update 3. That's all I'm going to say on that. I don't play Genshin Impact. Uh, definitely not spending any money on a game like that. Um, but, you know, there are people who love that game. I truly appreciate how it is cross-platform. How you can play it on, uh, you know, your your desktop and then go play it on your phone. You know? Uh, that's, a, that's a nice feature, but it is very... It's predatory. Genshin Impact is predatory in, in, in the way that they're marketing it, but... Not even marketing it, just just profiting off of it. It's it's very um, opportunistic, you know. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're taking advantage of these people who want to dump tons of money in a game that that is not really worth it. But uh, that's what that is. Update three, I think they added like different lands, different characters, different weapons. Your your typical expansion, but it is a uh, it's a monumental update, right? So it's three So people who do play Genshin Impact, hey. I've I got some enjoyment out of it a little bit without having to spend any money, but it got so like just one note and like bleh, that I had other games I can go play and, and enjoy and stuff like that. I didn't I didn't feel that it was worth taking up my attention to to not deal with any other games because of it. So it kind of just it puttered off and uh, you know if it's an update that brings some stuff that players have been waiting for then there you go. Uh, the next one though is Honkai Star Rail, and I, I mentioned Genshin Impact because these are the same creators. Uh, this is a tactical RPG adventure, cross-platform, cross-device like uh, Genshin Impact is, um, but it's a tactical RPG. It's it's a different style, no gameplay. It's you know it's 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 definitely heavy heavy on the Weibo inspiration, and <laughs> it's obviously it's the style, it's the 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 region that it's coming from that's going to obviously be the inspiration, but. Uh, not my style, but for people that are, are interested in the, in, in the anime uh, games like Genshin Impact, uh, that might actually be a, a good one to get into. Next one on here is Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the game. Uh, something that piqued my interest. It's so random. Uh, I don't think that would be a movie that you've seen when you were a kid, was it? That would uh, like no. probably just scar <laughs> for, for the rest of your life. I mean, I I I watched it when I was younger. Uh, no, I uh, I avoided clowns and clown esque movies. Yeah. When that's... I was in kindergarten, uh, my neighbor um, invited me over to his house, and he had this little you know those little TVs that were like maybe had like a seven inch screen and they had the oh, VCR yeah. player built into it. Yeah. He and his brothers had smuggled the movie Scream away from his parents or behind his parents' back. I don't know. We watched that, and as a kindergartner, that freaked me out really bad. So any clown-type things or any type of anything like that, that that's Wait, what not movie did my... you say? Scream? Scream, yeah. Scream. Or Scream. Scream. Oh, like, that's a ghost. Ghostface? Yeah, 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 Ghostface, but it... it, it as a kindergartner, it invoked clown. Yeah, I can see that because yeah. the mask and all that stuff. But yeah, damn, I was shit. When you're being petrified by by scream, I was probably rocking that outfit on Halloween. <laughs> I remember having that. I had a knife and it had blood in it, and I got it from from wow. What was the 
I think it was uh, Spirit Halloween, actually. I think Spirit was around back then, but I remember that. It might have been like Target or whatever, but I was all about that Scream Life. I mean, everybody had those. It wasn't just you. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it was very popular, but that was that was my, my setup. I remember that the first year uh, that those suits or those, those costumes started popping up, I, I got on that. Well, and I, I I remember I got for Halloween one year I did I got like the whole costume without the mask so I could do like a Sith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a little flimsy for that. Yeah, that's, yeah. That'd be, that's, that I remember that distinctly. That the outfit was trash. Oh it yeah, was like, it was. I don't even know what material that was, but it was way too thin. You wear a white shirt under it, and you could see right through it. Yeah, well, and it was way too thin and like flappy and like yeah, and weird. the. the like the second you touch anything mildly sharp it's ripped and gone yeah oh yeah oh yeah yeah big time um but well killer clowns from outer space is a movie from 1988 uh where aliens come down and they just take on the appearance of clowns but they're like horrific clowns they're like exactly what somebody with a clown phobia would be petrified of um (laughs) and it's a goofy movie you know much like little shop of horrors uh, you know, it's it's just it is what it is. It's a it's a, a straight to the point, goofy concept, and they pull it off. Uh, and the costume design was like epic back then. I mean, you know, there's no real movement of the face, but whatever the detail of the costumes was like epic. Um, and it was a little spooky. You know, if if you're willing to get into that, I might actually rewatch that this year for Halloween just to kind of get in the mood. Um, but yeah, uh, this is. It's it's akin to like Dead by Daylight or like Friday the Thirteenth or even more recently the Evil Dead game, um, but it is an online co-op PvP survival horror game. Uh, I think this is gonna because Day by Dead by Daylight, <clears throat> Evil Dead stuff like that. It's four against one. One person is playing the uh, movie monster, uh, and then the other four are trying to uh, solve a series of puzzles or, uh, you know, complete a series of object objectives to open up an exit, to get out before they get murdered by the, by the, the movie monster. Um, funny thing with that one is I remember evil, uh, Friday the 13th being kickstarted before dead by daylight came out. Uh, and then finally Friday the 13th came out and it was kind of like burnt out because everybody had played dead by daylight, uh, which really sucks. And then uh, Evil Dead came out with their version not too long ago, and it actually looks really good. Uh, so this whole genre is kind of getting blown out a little bit. The Killer Clowns, it was like three or four or even more of them. Uh, and in the in the trailer, I can see more than one of the clowns in frame, uh, as well as like the full team of 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 you know kids or or players, you know whatever whatever the 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 players you are, because like in Friday the 13th, for example, your, you know, your camp counselors or whatever, you know, your camp, camp employees or whatever, um, because that's where the setting of that is. I'm not sure what it's going to be with, with killer clowns, but it looked like it might be more of like a four on four or, or something like that, not a four on one. Um, so it looked polished. It looked good. It looked very like inspired, right. By the original source material, um, it just looked shiny and I was like, Oh dude, I'm down. You know, I was like, I, I haven't been really interested in any of these other ones, but this one looks fun. So, uh, definitely check out the trailer for that one, <clears throat> especially if you know those movies or that movie, uh, and it kind of holds a place in, in your heart. Uh, definitely check it out. Cause this might be a game that you want to pick up. Yeah. So next we have Homeworld three. Mm-hmm. Um, this one caught my attention. Um, it is an Eve style space 
RTS developed by Blackbird Interactive. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me a lot of uh, Star Wars Empire at War. It's an older um, RTS game, um, specifically the space combat, except this had a lot more um, three-dimensional stuff uh, behind it while the Empire at War was very top-down, uh, more board game-esque. Um, anyways, it caught my attention. It looks pretty interesting if you like rts games it might be worth a check out when it comes out yeah it's got strong eve vibes um slow moving spacecrafts and epic battles uh that type of thing um it was well put together trailer you know i I really it was kind of feel bad for the for the devs because they went out and they're like so who out here is homeworld fans and like it was crickets i I heard a cricket (laughs) fart in the back aisle dude like it was it's like oh and, you well, know, they, Jeff Keeley moved on, uh, or Keeley, is it Keeley? Jeff, Jeff Keeley know. moved on pretty quickly after that, but it was well, like, I would hope so. It was, yeah, you could hear, uh, like literally like people moving in their seats. <laughs> there was yeah. nobody, well, in, nobody clapping or acknowledging, but you know, you, the other thing with this, um, this whole trailer was in, in the game engine mm-hmm. or actual gameplay, which is, I mean, that's the only game out of all of these where it was 100% in the game and mm, not... 100%, um, yeah. Like, uh, not some CGI elements. Actually, High on Life might be the only other one. Uh, <laughs> yes, and we'll talk about geez. when that one comes oh, out. God. Yeah. Uh, you know, I got a round of applause afterwards. People, people, there are people out there who like that type, that type of gameplay. So, uh, you know, that one's for you. Uh, next one, Hard Space Shipbreaker. Uh this reminded me of like the first level from Jedi Fallen Order. I don't know if you saw it, but um, it's just you know a salvager. You know, it's, I mean, obviously it's in space. It's it's a, a little bit different, but you know, you're just a person that's hacking a ship apart to to fulfill contracts and and sell. It's first person. Um, you know, you got your empty vastness of space and floating type of traversal. Um, it looked like something where if it was on sale, like, I might pick that up. And not something like crazy, but it had something going for it. Yeah, it's the artwork style um, reminded me of. Oh my gosh, I'm completely blanking on the game. Um, oh, my father-in-law and I were just talking about it. It's the game where um, it came out. And it was kind of they like overhyped it and oversold it. It was No Man's um, Sky. Space. Yeah, No Man's Sky. Mm. Um, and like it, it looks similar to that art style um if it say maybe like a like a a smidge closer to realism yeah um, there's another game that came out that's on game pass where you're an astronaut you're trying to survive in the midst of a wreckage and you have a chicken and uh it kind of reminds me of that i forget what it's called i played that for like hours i don't know why but you know, you have like little by little venture out further out into this wreckage and collect things to build and, and try to escape. Um, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. It did kind of give off like a No Man's Sky vibe. Um, yeah. But I don't know if there's if there's like actual travel. You know what I mean? I don't think I saw any footage of them in some type of ship moving to a different location. So this may just no. be like a you load into the level and you're looking at a, a big wreckage and you got to go and fulfill the order or whatever. But yeah, uh, you know, if there's wreckages out there and you can take off from a port and go and stop and get out of your ship and go and, and salvage and come back, you know, that, that'd be fun. But if it's as, as on rails as it looked, I'm, I don't know, maybe 
we'll see. Um, Gotham Knight story trailer, not much to talk about there. Not, not too many people hyped for that game. They were, and then they saw it, and it's like, oh. Um, I just recently restarted playing, which also I'm going to stream later today uh, over on Twitch, right slash Nerd Chatter Show. Um, I started up Batman Arkham City, which I played all the Arkhams. Um, a huge fan. I think they're some of the, I mean, literally like the best comic book games. Neck and neck with Spider-Man. Um, you just, you can't beat those two. The combat in, in the Arkham series is phenomenal. Uh, there are some issues with this one, but, um, you know, I, I, you get accustomed to that. The greatness that is the Arkham series. So there are certain expectations that arise when you start messing around with something like Gotham Knights. Um, but it is a story based or storyline based trailer. Uh, just kind of shows off Harley Quinn, Clayface, Mr. Freeze, and uh, a, a super dope Seneca is the Court of Owls. Um, it's a group of like high, high end, you know, fancy, posh, rich people that also kind of live a double life of this secret organization that basically control the ins and outs of the city um, through a like an ancient organization of people that basically take on the symbology of the owls, but they have these like super soldiers kind of like, I don't know what they are, but I read the comics. I have them. Um, but they're like super powered, you know, they're, they're hard to fight and pretty big issue for Batman. You know, they're, they were a pretty big issue for Batman. I'm not going to go into details. I mean, it's pretty epic to see them in, some type of involvement in the game. So, I mean, that might make it worth it for most people. Um, but Gotham Knights is kind of like, you know, I don't want to have to reuse the phrase, but it was a wet fart when I first saw the, <laughs> the trailer. Um, but, you know, who knows? Maybe it'll look good. A lot of the character design in that game, costume design is horrid. Pretty sure I saw Red Hood and the top of his head looked just like Darth Maul. He had like the little horns it was like, wait, what? <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff. I'm trying to, I'm trying to process a lot of stuff going on there. Barbara Gordon looked like her Batgirl costume was just like, what is that? It's horrible, uh, pretty bad. So you know, maybe people will be like, hey, it's actually not that bad. Uh, and then I'll, I'll pick it up when it's on sale for 19.99, one, one, one summer sale, you know. But yeah, uh, that's pretty much it for Gotham Knights. Uh, next one, Scars Above. It's a story-driven third-person action-adventure shooter set on an alien world uh, made uh, by Madhead Games. Uh, and it's essentially, from what I was getting from it, kind of like a, a Tomb Raider clone, but in space. Um, how yeah, far? I mean, it was more of like a cinematic, like, look how pretty this is type of thing, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, and that's all I really got. It was a very short trailer. Wyro mm -hmm. um, Song is the next one. Oh, you don't want to talk about the other one? Yeah, I'll just I'll go I'll I'll flip it. I did skip okay. that, but we'll we'll yeah. do high on life for the next one. But Wyro Song, uh, developed by Something Wicked Games. Now, Something Wicked Games is a newer company uh, comprised of some ex Bethesda, Fallout, and Elder Scroll developers. Uh, this is listed as an open world occult historical fantasy RPG set in a fictional a fictionalized Portugal in the Middle Ages. Um, nothing going on here in terms of gameplay very beautiful artwork but it was cartoonish you could tell it was just a trailer um, but what do you but think in, you got a bethesda you got fallout and elder scrolls devs kind of coming together that i to mean make something that i think they're just taunting that because i mean in the the 
the first couple seconds of the trailer, they show that like, oh yeah, we have <laughs> yeah. we have developers from these games, and it's just like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I'll, I want to see gameplay before I you can't you can't draw much from it. Um, no, I mean maybe these are the the good devs from Bethesda that just hate the way things are being run and managed, and they went and started their own thing. And this it is also like could the talent. Be the really bad. Mm-hmm. True. Uh, developers that I mean, got you know, fired or whatever. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, it's the same thing with Ark, you know, and Atlas. That's the same. They kind of split off, and they both made shitty games. So I mean, whatever. <laughs> so I mean, you know, you, you never know. But uh, you know, an open world RPG, the kind of culty, occulty, historical fantasy. Like you know, I'm always down. It looked very mystical, though. It wasn't like a, you know, like a one to one, like late 1800 style feel. Yeah, uh, it was it was somewhat fantastical in, in the image they were portraying. So uh, we'll see. You know, I mean, obviously some some competency going on there. Some people that that know how to make some games and have done it. So I mean, we'll see. But yeah. we really got to reserve some judgment on that one until some actual gameplay comes out. Yeah. What's that next one? Uh, High on Life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an eccentric FPS made by Rick and Morty co-creator Justin Roylands game company uh squanch games so i mean this game literally just so goofy like the the guns had a face and we're talking uh like he had this like other like it almost looked like a whip or thing he had a knife that like converted into a whip or something like that yeah and it was like it looked like it was his tongue it was so weird and like i just got thrown off the first time I watched the trailer, because I had to watch it two times just because <laughs> of how bizarre it was. And I was like, I totally thought I heard Morty's voice. And it oh, was the yeah. freaking gun. It was yeah. just like so bizarre. It's uh, the gun. It, yeah. The gun talks um, and the knife talks. Everything talks. And it's very what you would expect from a uh, from a Rick and Morty type of, of headspace. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, it's like the... I mean, the the whole way that they develop Rick and Morty is bizarre and crazy, like, mm-hmm. com, you know, uh, drunk all the time. And, yeah, obliterated. Yeah, and it's like they, they took shrooms and were like, <laughs> yeah, that's, let's yeah, that's develop the, a game. That's what the games feel like, is like somebody like was on acid or something like that. Which, yeah. I mean, um, hey, you know what? Like, you know, live on Twitch, you know, I like to pop some brewskis and chill out. It makes things more enjoyable and get a little creative and loosen up a little bit. Uh, but yeah, these guys like use beer as their fuel. Um, yeah. So it's but, it's a bit yeah it it has a vibe to it where it's like eh, it's yeah it cringy. was definitely uh, uh, definitely cringe super vulgar lots of I mean in the trailer there's f bombs just like at least at least twenty five yeah there's at least twenty five f bombs yeah it, um, it surprised it, me it's one of those things where it's like okay you're fighting a bug and this is the the trailer I'll describe it and you could watch it. Um, but you're fighting a bug lady and you're in some, like a big room with goo and you're in like a trapped area where you got to fight this boss and the bug jumps in the goo pops up in another part of the goo, which in a game you would just roll with, you know, cause, uh, duh, like this is the, the map, but this is the game where it's like, it likes to point out the fact of how gross it is that the bug was so willing to jump into this goo and blah, blah, blah. And then you're just making quips and it's just nonstop like pointing out the obvious, making jokes about the obvious and just kind of like, eh, all right, dude. Um, as far as game, it's literally every other game, just like it. You know what I mean? Uh, there's nothing really going for it in terms of like creativity, originality. It's just, 
the guns have annoying ass, uh, you know, um, dialogue and they never stop talking. That's pretty much the, the gimmick of the game. Well, the art style. The art style is very much like any other Squanch games, which, I mean, if people have played them, you know, they have a VR game. Um, what was that game where you replace your eyeballs with two of these other weird balls that have, like, faces on them? And, hey. Well, and, and like I said, it's like the, the, develop, like the people who made Rick and Morty, instead of, like, just taking a copious amount of alcohol... <laughs> and beer they're like oh like i said uh, let's get some shrooms or some yeah. acid and like that that's how they develop the game that like yeah. that's basically that's what, what it is. looks like that's yeah. what you can expect yeah. yeah yeah uh next one we only got a few here for the trailers we'll move on to the roundup and we'll shoot through the roundup really fast uh where where winds meet it's a third person action adventure open world martial arts rpg and uh, takes place in medieval china uh developed by chinese developer everstone games kind of a combination between between ghost of Tsushima and assassin's creed um it looks good it looks yeah fine. it looks really nice mm-hmm. um some of my thoughts is um it looked like like crouching tiger hidden dragon-esque fighting combined with uh did you ever play black desert online it's like they took the gameplay of that and like the artistic style of um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and they just like squished it together. It's really beautiful, and, and I I want to see more gameplay, but it, I'm I'm intrigued. Yeah, it, it has reminds, my attention. It reminds me of Naraka. Um, Naraka is actually a game right now. Came out last August. Um, it is a it's a BR essentially, but it's the same style, right? Where it's a a melee and arrows but melee main martial arts themed br where characters you know they you're finding loot and you're leveling up your your you know your stats and stuff until you're the last one standing um this is it feels like that in terms of like gameplay where it's a third person fast moving martial arts sick uh you know just nice enjoyable that type of experience Um, but this is more of a I don't want, I mean, it looks, I, I don't know what type of gameplay it is, to be honest. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like it's an open world, you know, like a, a, the Middle Earth game. Um, oh, Shadows of Mordor? Shadows of Mordor and then Shadows of War. There you go. Uh, where it's that type of game, right? Where you have characters and, 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 and missions and, and quests and things like that. And you have to go and you know, do your thing. It's a, it's a enjoyable, like open world RPG. Um, but yeah, there is a lot of crouching tiger type of movement, you know, where you're running across like sides of ships and you're swinging and you're jumping and, and that type of stuff. But, uh, I just saw Naraka when I saw it and, and people that play that game would be like, Oh, you know, it might be actually pretty dope. Like an open world Naraka where it's not a BR kind of what it is. So, uh, you know, if you're into that type of stuff, uh, maybe keep an eye out for that. Uh, trailer popped up for Warhammer 40k Dark Tide. We had talked about that, and I had given instructions on how to apply for the the uh, tester position, the the real deal, not not just play it early and and have have fun and and move on with your business, but an actual sit down and write, you know, what's wrong, what bugs you found, that type of thing. Um, they're moving into like beta, so they they now have pre-orders set up. I, I think it was the same trailer that I. had I had pointed out when I, I discussed that, that pre-alpha, uh, tester, uh, position. So nothing really new on that. If you don't know what that is, it's a first person wave based 
PVE, your your typical zombies uh, style gameplay, uh, but it is 40k and it looks dope. Uh, it's made by the developers of Vermintide. Basically, all you need to know, you know. Uh, if you like 40k, it's it's probably the better games coming out, um, but it is still pretty one note type of survival experience. Uh, next one here, Park Beyond. That one is kind of like a slightly goofy style amusement park simulation game. Uh, a little bit lighter on that style. It's developed by Limbrick, Limbic Entertainment. Uh, they're known for actually the most recent Tropico series. We had mentioned the Tropico devs previously. Uh, these people made Tropico 6, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so they have some experience with some some builders, you know, some, some park and city builders type of genre. So uh, we'll see where that one goes. Yeah. Uh, Phantom Hellcat. This is the second to last year. It's the third person hack and slash, much like Bayonetta, developed by Ironbird Creations. Um, they don't have anything else really under their belt, aside from some DLC for a game called Red Wings. Uh, but that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, that's I don't know. <laughs> it's it's Bayonetta, the Bayonetta knockoff. Uh, that's pretty much it. On uh, the last one here, Dead Island Two. <clears throat> that was a big one. Uh, I think Dead Island came out in like 2011. Uh, Dead Island is a survival horror first-person RPG. It's your typical zombie survival game, you know. Uh, but this one is being developed by Deep Silver uh, Dam Buster, Jaeger, and Sumo Digital. Uh, and it is a follow-up to that original game. Uh, it looked it looked whatever. I mean, it was just... it Because Dead Island was originally known for having like this really cool trailer where a guy's running, he's jogging down uh, Venice. Um, and there's just mayhem happening behind him. People are turning into zombies and things are crashing, exploding. And eventually he gets attacked by zombies. And that's the end of the trailer. This was kind of the same vibe where it was a guy that looked like Lenny Kravitz and he was chilling in a house and he goes out, he gets what he needs. He comes back. He tries to, he, he kills a zombie in his living room or the living room that he's in tries to watch TV, no batteries, so he grabs his sword and he goes out to go get batteries. Uh, while leaving, he waves to some other people that are fighting zombies. Um, doesn't look like there's a struggle with the zombie killing. It just kind of seems like a nuisance, which gotta love when you're dealing with zombies in games. Um, just kind of seems like there's something to get in the way, not an actual threat. But that, to me, implies that it would be some type of open world or... Uh, like co-op or, or multiplayer MMO type of uh, Dead Island, you know, where there's other people out there living, like, kind of like a, I don't want to say uh, seven day. I want to say Daisy. I'll say Daisy, right? Where it's like that. Where there's a world, there's other people, they're all trying to make their way and survive in the zombie apocalypse. And this is just another installment to that. Uh, character doesn't die. There's an Im implying, I think he's infected because he looked at, at his eye, I think in the, in the trailer. Is that right? I can't remember. Um, I think he like looks at his eyeball and it's like veiny, like black yeah. veins. But anyway, yeah. it it definitely feels like that, that there's going to be some multiplayer aspect to the game, and especially if they have three developers, that would make sense if they're trying to do something big with the game. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's it's a bit eh, could have came out five six years ago and would have been like oh cool but now it's like yeah we're kind of 11 done years with, later yeah basically it's like kind of done with zombie games man but hey we'll give it a shot and see what's up 
Uh, so that is it for what was announced at Gamescom. It was absolutely insane. A lot of people considering it to be one of the best uh, game shows with, with the releases and new IPs and announcements and trailers and all that stuff. I mean, Jeff was, was ecstatic. A smile on his face, just unloading trailer after trailer after trailer after trailer. And um, no real love being shown to... to to Hogwarts Legacy and they just kind of shoehorned it in there and just kind of moved on, you know, so yeah, uh, there wasn't, I mean, the people were hyped for it, you know, and everybody, I, I watched Lyric, I was, I should have actually streamed it and we might get to that in the future I just, I like watching streamers react live, sip my coffee and, and, and watching it with the chat, you know, it's, it's fun uh, watching people's reactions and, and that type of stuff, um, but we might get into the future where, where a show like that I go live and, and you know, we'll talk about it, but uh, that's hit or miss these days. Yeah, um, and um, there's just been a lot of talk about GamesCon almost replacing E3 moving forward. Um, which, I mean, by this point it should. It's yeah. fragmented so much. And back back in my day, E3 was a trade show specifically for people in the industry. The only people that were to get into E3, only people, was people in the industry. You know, yeah. like devs, distributors publishers um marketing and then they would let in like g4 and that was your experience of e3 was yeah. seeing it vicariously through the camera of a of a of a, of a television channel uh, and then they slowly opened it up and took away the the the, the exclusivity of it and eventually these companies just kind of branched out so xbox went one way sony went the other well and it, it only wasn't until a few years ago yeah it was probably five six that. years ago when they started breaking off and yeah. i think it was sony that did it first i'm not sure but it's just a it's a it's a hubristic type of approach where it's like well we can make our own show you know and it's like Ugh. okay disney <laughs> yes thank you like i get it you're cool but you know, that's this was loaded, absolutely loaded Gamescom and 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 good good stuff. So, uh, we are done with that Gamescom discussion. Uh, anything you wanted to mention about anything you saw before no. we move on? Um, like I said, I think you said it first. Just my general thoughts. There's a lot of things that don't really interest me in this one. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm I'm a pretty simple gamer. I play Star Wars games. I play racing games and. Uh, I'm very selective about the other games I play. And I mean, we've played like NBA 2K before and stuff like that. It's just, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm selective about games. And yeah, you got your selective styles. Yeah, and uh, nothing really, or there's only a, there's just a few things that caught my attention. And hopefully, yeah. I, I, I just hope it's not a trend. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm a, I'm a collector, you know, I got like 600 games in just like steam alone. Plus pretty much every Epic game that's like ever come out for free, anything I can get my hands on, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm collecting. So it's like, you know, I, I can appreciate these game these games for what they are, for the advancements and stuff and, and developments over the years, but kind of just a number to me you know i think somebody like you would actually have more of a, of a value input uh, for games like this than somebody like myself who you know it could be one of four games that i downloaded that game and i might get to it you know but you know it's just a number um so i guess it depends you know i'm i'm the same way i i play and experience the games that i get drawn to but i kind of show interest in anything that comes up you know what i mean so yeah 
you know, it's a decent balance. Yep. So moving on to the Twitter roundup, uh, just the roundup information pulled from anywhere we can, but a lot of it does come from Twitter, which if you want to head on over to our Twitter uh, page, it's at nerd chatter show uh, link down there in the description. We retweet uh, and share news articles and information, pictures and stuff like that pretty much every day of the week. Uh, this week was, was maddening by the end of the week. I was just begging for it to stop. Uh, but a lot of news. So we're going to fire through here. Not going to sit and talk too much about it, uh, but we're going to go ahead and shoot through here. So basically just, you know, sip your coffee, sit back and just kind of take these bullet points as they come. And if you know, if you want to look into it, uh, you heard it here and you can go and, and, and dive a little bit more, but I'm just going to kind of read off these headlines. First and foremost, Shazam fury of the gods is now delayed until March 17th, 2023. Also, <laughs> Aquaman yeah. and the Lost Kingdom is also now delayed, but this until December 25th, 2023. I, I hope they're deleting in for her as a part of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think she got, she got like reduced heavily, uh, yeah. heavily, heavily. And, I mean, yeah, I was kind of expecting this to happen. Uh, there was a comment that the, the new WB um, dude said um, that they want to like, they, they think they can make Shazam a much better film with a little bit of massaging or whatever they said, and they're going to throw more money mm, at it. That was referenced to, to um, Black Adam, actually. Uh, sure? I guess it was a blanket statement, but it was more yeah. so directed at, at, at Black Adam. Regardless, the second all that stuff with uh, Warner Brothers started happening and in uh, DC, it's just like, okay, well, um, I, I have the, it's an... I could just see it happening a couple of weeks ago and now it has happened and I'm sad because I wanted to see that this year and now I'm going to have to wait till March next year. So whatever. Yeah. And the discussion about this actually is, is that they have to do this. Okay. Yeah. This is and not I, a choice that they can literally only afford to release two big movies. I forget what the other movie is. It was like, I never heard of it. Um, but I'm also a nerd. And the other one was Black Adam. So they're going to go with their boy, The Rock. Shazam and Aquaman get pushed back because they physically cannot afford to release another movie. Now, we're talking about the new Warner Brothers Discovery that just waltzed in there and started axing things left and right. Uh, getting rid of stuff. We got some other stuff in here that's mind-boggling. Some other stuff I didn't add because it's all speculation, but it's just like yeah. all over the place. But, but in you, you have to imagine if they're be doing that because of those reasons and and they're trying to invest in what they think is going to be best. I mean, they have to be hemorrhaging money in so many different departments that it's probably been mishandled for several years. Like, that's what it feels like. What do you feel? Oh, yeah. No, 100%. I, I just think that Warner Brothers is uh, inept. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So here's my thing with Warner Brothers is, um, I got family that works for Warner Brothers, and I got you know I got friends from high school that worked for Warner Brothers. So you know I'm not throwing stones, you know what I'm saying. But Warner Brothers is ass cheeks, and they don't know how to handle DC <laughs> worth a damn. Like period. Um, yeah. There's speculation right now that 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 Jim Lee might be on his way out. Um, those of you who don't know, but are DC fans who Jim Lee is. Uh, you're not a DC fan, <laughs> and you need to vacate the building immediately. Uh, if you are a Zack Snyder fan and you don't know who who Jim Lee is, uh, you are not a DC fan. If 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 you claim to be any type of DC fan and have no appreciation for 
the monumental achievements and, and, and influence that Jim Lee has had on DC as a whole for like the last 20 years, you don't have a, 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 any business in the conversation like whatsoever, like period. Yeah. Jim Lee is their Fahey, period. I wrote this, I wrote this tweet this morning. I, 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 I refuse to believe that Warner Brothers is, is stupid enough to, to ignore the fact that they have Jim Lee. Like, he might just not be down for it. He might not be interested in taking on this role. But if that's not the case, and they're not throwing everything they have at Jim Lee to, to beg him to be in charge of DC, I don't know. Like, that is, that is Warner Brothers right there just not knowing what they're doing. Because literally, there is nobody better to do it's like it's like if you had stanley in charge of of the marvel films and it's like who knows how that would have been but it's like that equivalent you know what i mean like obviously it's not somebody who created dc but you know in the early 90s he made the transition uh from marvel over to um mcfarlane and then to dc and then became higher and higher ranked in DC. And now he's in an exec position, a creative director, I believe for the comic books. So he is the guy that has been dictating like the new 52 and like all of this changes and all this, this growth through DC. Um, and at some point has some type of influence on the decisions being made in the films. The thing is he is a pen to paper artist. He is a person that is in there. He's writing the stories. He's, he's, he's living and loving these characters this is the person that you do whatever it takes to get into that position. And then they're just like, now nah, we're going to go get the guy that produced the Lego movies. <laughs> That's what they're talking about. Uh, I think it was something Lynn. Um, figure what his first name was, but Dan Lynn is it Dan. Yeah. Um, never heard of him. Never seen him. Looked at his credits and like an executive producer role or producer role or something on the Lego films. Uh, and that was pretty much it. Um, he is rumored to be in, in, in talks to be the head of DC. Somebody with absolutely no experience with DC comic books, like period. You know, then you got murmurs of, of The Rock being involved with decision making. And what if they brought back Snyder? Oh my God. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's, I don't know what's going on with WB, but they're they're like imploding over there. Uh, if, if... I, it definitely feels like they're imploding, and I, I I think one of the key things is they've been undermanaged in like like I said, I think they've been hemorrhaging money for mm -hmm. a while, and now they're they're just trying to throw mud at the wall, at every wall to see if anything will stick because <laughs> that's what it feels like. I... It, I can't, I can't fathom it, you know? And then there's this next bullet point individuals that worked on Batgirl are attending funeral screenings of the film, uh, on WB lot before the film is locked away forever in the vault. Uh, this is, I don't, this contradicts the statements that, that the director of the film stated that they went in and that Warner brothers had already deleted the film. And I came back so and was like, there's they, no they, way they deleted the film. <laughs> they could have deleted the digital copy, but at this point, they, they probably had some film yeah. versions. No, they just moved it. They got it. Uh, they, 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 they removed the ability for somebody to take it. You know, they didn't delete yeah. it. These people were freaking out. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that they were exaggerating. I'm saying that they were flat out saying that Warner Brothers deleted it. It's gone forever. Nobody will ever see it. And I'm like, you people are so dense <laughs> like i <laughs> i cannot fathom 
like how ridiculous it is to even consider that Warner Brothers would take a hundred million dollars and just throw it away. They're going to lock it away somewhere. They're going to put it on a hard drive. They're going to put it on, on film. They're going to put it in a vault. Like that's what these companies do. Like they're not going to delete it. At this point, what have we seen from Warner Brother? Complete ineptitude. They could have. They they could do that. It, it there has been nothing in the last few weeks that has shown me that they have the maturity to not do that. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't. I don't think any any company is that stupid. Like even Warner. Well, Brothers. they are stupid, but they're not that stupid. They've been so stupid and so everywhere that I could have seen it been deleted on accident and like their IT department having to go in and like resurrect the file or whatever hmm. just because it was like an impulse decision like oh yeah we're done with that film hmm. delete no. it See. and then hmm. someone took it literally and went and deleted it and they had to restore it <laughs> like that's what I'm envisioning <laughs> no I mean my, my mindset is I go with scummy before I go with stupid uh, so naturally the idea would be is strip it from the, the public uh, get them talking about it more and more interested in it. And then when you're tight on money, squeeze it out. That's all it is, right? I don't, like, I don't think they're going to do that. Oh, I absolutely guarantee you that by the end of the time next year that that film will be out. It'll be $10 bargain bin at Walmart or something like that. Or it's going to be on a streaming platform to draw on subscriptions. I guarantee you that film will be out. Mark my words. Anybody that thinks that they just deleted that film, like, all right, you've already been removed from the equation. You no longer have, <laughs> you no longer have the ability to weigh in on, on speculation as to where this is going. You know what I mean? Like it can, you can assume that maybe they'll do something like that, or maybe there'll be something stupid, but these people were dead set on it. So it's like, now we're talking about, they're going to profit off of it. Like, come on, they're come on. Like they've been around for, for so long. Like they're not going to just toss it away like that. You know what I mean? I but go with scummy. I go with scummy and greedy before I go with stupid and just like that's that's way too stupid. That's way too stupid. So they they can profit off of it even if it only makes 120 million. Uh, they saw it as a loss. They saw that that film not making 100 million dollars, so they need to fabricate that 100 million dollars if they're going to get it back. And by just releasing the fish, there's no way that they're going to, you know, you want to eat. Yeah. You know, so it's like you keep it on the line a little bit, let it tire itself out <laughs> and then pull it in for the easy win. That's where really what it is. The, the, the hesitancy, the, the resistance towards the film to begin with, you convert that to want, right? You convert, you convert these people to being like, well, you know, you're going to get rid of it. That's not right. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I watch it. I might not like it, but I'll watch it. Like that's so, what they're going for. So, hey, come on now. Time will tell ultimately. Oh yeah. Um, We'll see in a year from now or two years from now if they've done mm -hmm. anything with it or if it's just locked away in the vault forever. Who knows? They want to see where they're going to go with the vibe and where they're going to yeah. feel and where it would fit. But once it fits in some spot, they're going to release it. And five years yeah. from now, it doesn't matter. Like, hey, remember that 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 axed Batgirl movie? Like, we're releasing it. Like, oh my god. Or maybe they're yeah. trying to generate your know, your restore the Snyder cuts type of of outrage online, and that's that's where all this is is coming from. But well, the first <laughs> teaser of The Last was dropped. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, Mando. Um, Pedro Pascal, I'm not sure if he if he visually fits that role, but I think he has the acting chops to kind of, like, get you past it. Um, I was seeing, was it Nick Offerman in there? 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. He looked uh he looked kind of clean cut for for that. Yeah. For that but setting. And okay, this is just me. Every time I see Nick Offerman now, all I think is Ron Swanson. There <laughs> there is nothing else. Well, I I saw him at Central. Oh, that's right when he did yeah. the comedy tour. Yeah, I went and watched yeah. in Central. It's so uncomfortable on that campus in that room, but he was very vulgar, uh, and he had a lot of singing, a lot of guitar playing. Um, very, you know, <laughs> threw the, 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 the in-laws off. They don't think they expected him to be that raunchy, but it's like Bob Saget back in the day. You know, you go see Bob Saget, and you didn't expect him to start dropping F-bombs and, and, and saying crude jokes and stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, so, I mean, it was kind of that way. I, I, I love Ron. Ron Swanson is the greatest character ever to be fabricated uh, <laughs> by the hand of man. So, yeah. like, it's, uh, you know, I, I recently just randomly watched clips of Ron Swanson, you know. I mean, I was, I, you have to. I mean, yeah. especially the Duke Silver stuff. Oh, it's gold. <laughs> it's, I, actually, it's, it's silver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hot up. Was it hot up in my jazz or something? Like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, a beautiful, beautiful character. And, you yeah. know, him and anything is always enjoyable. He's, yeah. So, uh, so you know, I'll watch it, but a lot of acting chops in that movie, and I think um, the feel and the just the acting in general will be able to nail it. Is it, it a there. series or is it a movie? I can't remember. I think it's a series. Like it might be a short series, but um, I saw the dedication to them recreating the game, and I'm all for it. You know, even down to like vehicle placements and certain scenes. Um, they're they're doing it they're they're they have the source they're going by it they're probably changing little things here and there uh, i don't think the girl looks the part either i think the two characters just don't really fit a hundred percent i think they're floating around 85 90 percent uh comparison to like the characters however if yeah. you want some good acting then you gotta you gotta wiggle a little bit uh, yeah so i'm down for it we all know pascal is 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 legit yeah. Um, uh, and it is a series. It is a series. Uh, okay. HBO yeah. Max. Mm. Oh yeah. So yeah. Qual. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I guess uh, it's a, I. Isn't that so messed up that within like weeks, I I I can no longer say that quality on. I mean, we've had episodes where we're talking about HBO Max being quality, right? Yeah. Yeah. It and, is no longer quality. Well. <laughs> The stuff, a lot of the stuff they have on it now is quality, but uh, who knows? This time next year, we might be talking a whole different story. Yeah, this might be might be Hulu 2.0. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, you know, we'll see. It looks good. Looks looks true. Uh, looks like they're 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 staying, uh, you know, faithful, and uh, it'll probably be pretty good. Yep. Uh, next one here, Matt Shackman of Wandavision, Game of Thrones episode or episodes. Uh, wrote a few episodes for Always Sunny in, uh, in Philadelphia or directed, I'm not sure. Fargo, House, quite a bit more. The dude is prolific. Uh, but he's rumored to sign on as the director for Fantastic Four. Um, you know, I would not be opposed to that. Um, yeah, so you got somebody who, I mean, if they do take, um, what's his name? From The Office. Um, Jim? <laughs> yes, Jim from the office. <laughs> if Jim from the office is going to play Mr. Fantastic, uh, you know, you got somebody who has experience directing sitcoms. Always funny is hysterical. Super funny. <laughs> super, super yeah. funny. Um, Fargo is a very deep drama. Uh, House is, is your, your episodic, um, you know, I mean, what is that genre? 
house. That's like Medical. a CSI type of yeah. uh, what's your TV drama, I guess, a television yeah. drama. It's like um, an investigative medical drama mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. what i would call it but um he's only did he only did five episodes for house but i mean he did he's done so many different things i'm like that's, i'm looking at, yeah that's how tv writers directors you know that's how they work is they dabble and they get pulled because i mean you look at any tv show you know the first yeah. episode is the is the creator first couple episodes to establish the setting uh, typically, mid-season hiatus is is rounded off with the creator as being the director, and then typically season finale or the last two episodes on your typical twenty-two to twenty-four episode show is the creator, um, yeah. and then everything else is just random writers, directors. They come in, they they you know they flex their muscles a little bit and they show off. Um, he had heavy involvement in one division though. Yeah. So there's not he's not well, fresh mean, when it comes to Marvel. He it looks like he directed all nine episodes of WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Um so that style, you know, yeah. we still to this day it's still the best stylistic and well-delivered um Disney Plus Marvel product. Yeah. You but know? And, and we have I mean, he's done an episode of The Boys, he's done mm-hmm. Um, I think he did one episode episodes, of Game of Thrones. Two episodes. Two. And, I mean, 43 episodes. I think that's all of uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I mean, mm. he's... He I knows. Mean, I mean, if, if yeah. you're working with Jim, too, right? Like, it's sitcom. You got you know, he knows how to work with those types of actors. The, that type yeah. of feel. So, I mean... But hey. in, like, he... I, if you name a, a major sitcom or show in the last, let's see, 20 years... I mean, I'm just looking at it. His resume is extremely yeah. impressive. It's, he's prolific. Yes. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. And I'm, right now, I'm just only looking at his director credits on work. IMDb. He's definitely getting work. I, I think, think in the headspace. You know, you got you got the actors. You got you know maybe some some trying to get out there with the style. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say you have your you know over, over the shoulder camcorder in the office type of. And that's what I was going to say. I was like, maybe he wrote for the office. But no, he didn't actually, um, or directed for the office, but he didn't. Um, but you know, what if you had that type of, of banter, a little bit more of like your actual improvised funny cause office is hysterical. I like love off- office. Office is funny. I don't, I can't really watch it all that much because it's, it's a little bit too cringy, but it is like hysterical acting. It is improv like at its peak. It's good. Um, but you know, what have you allowed for a little bit more of that? And with that for those four people, you know, you had your more sunny and uh, always sunny in Philadelphia style group, right? Where it's like, they're still scientists, but their banter between one another is random funny. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the, the funny that comes out of always sunny is just, it's how absurd. <laughs> I mean, Danny DeVito is, 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 is a G, but like, it's the absurdity of that of that type of environment, you know what I mean, and uh, or that type of show, you know what I mean, and and it's it's, I think it would work it would work okay if if it was guided appropriately, but this guy's got range, you know. We're talking, you know, one minute he's on Always Sunny, and the next he's directing Game of Thrones, you know, he's doing sitcoms, then he's doing House, you know what I mean. So it's like yep. he's got he's got some 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 room to 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 work with yep. his palette. Oh, I, I'm I'm totally down for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Next up, we have Star Wars: Last 
Jedi, or not the last Jedi, but Star Wars Jedi Survivor. It's the follow-up to um, Fallen Order, and it's reportedly releasing in March of next year. I've, I mean, that's pretty early. I was assuming it was going to be um, holiday of 2023, so that's nice to hear if that's true. Well, I mean, where do you think he's going to make his appearance? Cal's coming. Like, there's no way around it. In, like, in live action? Yeah, 100%. They asked oh, yeah. him, and he was like, oh, of course there's interest, but, you know, I haven't finalized anything. That well, means that if, 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 if they're asking about it, they're going to do it. Like, period. There's no reason for them not to do it, especially well, exactly. with them selling the lightsaber at, at Galaxy's Edge. I think that lightsaber actually won, like, best toy of the year or something like that or yeah. something. Well, it, I, I, I think we've talked about this after Obi-Wan. Um, I think there is... I think there's going to be a place where Reva and him can co-star in a TV show and have it be good and Reva actually have purpose. Um, so True. we'll see. That is a good landing place for Reva. Yes. And I, I feel like um, because she's a former Inquisitor and like his main foes have been Inquisitor and at least in Fallen Order, I feel like that would be like the best place. It's a nice counter, you know. It's a nice like. Uh, yeah, they yeah. both have they both have similar drive. I don't want to say I don't want to say drives, but you know what I mean. Like they're in similar uh, head spaces, but yeah. different motivations. Yeah, I think and, you can get away with that. Yeah, and I mean, they were both Padawans that were heavily affected by Order sixty six, and one of them took a dark turn, and the other one went and hid, and then it's what they do with that after is what this will be yeah. I, or if that is such a thing mm -hmm. so i mean i feel like that would be the best place for both of them to land next in live action uh we'll see but yeah. i'm excited for the game i loved the first one it was great gameplay great story um so we'll see what happens with it yeah uh next one hey sony may be developing its own pc game launcher isn't that awesome no it's just isn't like everyone awesome? else i need to put it next to my Origin, my Battle.net, yeah. my Uplay, my Steam, my Epic, hmm, my Battlefield, game now. Uh, my A3 launcher, yeah. hmm, so, my 5M. The, <laughs> um, hmm. the only thing that I'd be okay with this is if they brought PlayStation exclusives to PC. Well, that's what they're doing it for. They just don't want to pay the 30% overhead for Steam. That's what they all do. <laughs> that's what they all do. But they all fail. EA is like they've they've given up on it. They still have mm -hmm. Origin, but that needs to be phased out and burnt in a dumpster. But yeah. you know, when it comes down to it, I'm sick of installing launchers. You know what happens? I have all these launchers. None of them get opened. Um, I open up Epic once a week to get my free game and to write down now what games are free. Uh, and then I just have Steam up every single day, all day, because that's where my friends are on all my friends lists. Uh, that's where all my 500 plus games or whatever are um, you know the only reason I open up Origin is to play Battlefront it might inadvertently open up when I when I start Battlefield 5 in, in Steam you know it's just oh my Rockstar launcher opens up when I play Grand Theft Auto but you know if you want to go and, and buy games you can buy these one of you know seven games on the Rockstar launcher it's like just Bro, come on. Like I get it. Yeah. The, the 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 fees on Steam is absurd, but to be honest, you're paying for what you get. And yeah. and what is there is unlike anything else. 
just deal with it or just don't be in the PC gaming space, man. I like I'm I'm just so sick of these launchers. They're all ass. They always got some backdoor BS that you gotta worry about. It's just it's there's some of them don't have ratings, some of them don't have likes or dislikes, some of them don't have comments, some of them don't have proper descriptions, some don't show the download size until after you purchase it and try to download it. Some of them won't let you like, you know, fiddle around with like yeah. save data like locations, yep. like some of them uh, you know, they, they react weird to certain applications you have. Some of them have issues with the, so, with the overlay so here's when the you're point. playing and trying to stream or trying to yep. record. It's just like, oh my god. So here's the point. Everything except Steam is cheeks. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 absolute ass, and yep. and I, I'm, I'm so sick of it. Now given you know, I think Steam can chill out or Valve can chill out with their, their percentages. Like, I, I get it. It's a new day and age, you know. You got some. You have some type of, of of competition out there, so you really should knock that down. Um, they do have some type of leniency for smaller devs, uh, but this is not smaller devs that are, are making these decisions. These are multi-billion-dollar corporations uh, that are just trying to make that little bit extra dollars. You know, like they're yeah. just trying to increase that profit a little bit more, yeah. wiggling into a new a new realm. But you know, we're gonna make our own rules. That's like, yeah, that's fine. I won't open up that. Unless you got free games every other day, then I'm not opening up that PlayStation application. I probably won't even have it until I absolutely need it. You know, and the second I don't, it's gone. So yep, whatever. Yep. So Avatar is got quietly removed from Disney Plus, um, and it's going to be re-released, right? In, I think in they're re-releasing it in theaters. Yeah. Man. So I mean, that makes sense. It's it is what it is. I mean, Disney needs to grab some cash. And this is Avatar, whatever. the shit James Cameron film, not the bl- the, not, the blue people. Yeah, not the super cool Avatar Nickelodeon television show. Yes, uh, this is the 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 film franchise that has been Space Pocahontas. Yes, or uh, uh, what was it? It's Cowboys and Indians, basically. It's, it's your, <laughs> that's all it is. It's literally was it Dances with the Wolves or whatever Dances with the Wolves. Yeah, um, it's. I don't. I yep. hate how scummy James Cameron is with this type of stuff. I hate. I mean, I I know Marvel has been playing a little bit with it recently, with like re-releasing No Way Home and stuff like that. Um, I think it is just so he is. He's made some super cool stuff, right? Yeah. He has made. I mean, Terminator. You know, we got we got a plethora from James Cameron. But he's kind of a turd. And when it comes to like exploiting his properties to make that little bit extra just so that he can say that he was number one or just so that, you know, the, the, the only reason I'm, I'm going to say this right now and you can hate me all you want, right? This is my opinion. Uh, but I was also in that movie theater when Avatar came out. The only reason that movie got any attention was because it was an IMAX 3D and it was somewhat decent CGI for the time. Uh, Uncanny Valley is unreal. It's it, it feels weird when you're watching like the live action characters. They just don't fit. Um, and the concept is outdated, played out. It's it's as old as time. It's not original. It's not unique. Uh, and the character design is kind of like obnoxious. I just don't like like the way that I just don't like the way they look. Like I, I think they could have been done a little bit differently. But I just everything about it is like a to me. So yeah, I, you know. I mean, I, I definitely like this is me talking now. Uh, I, 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 when I watched it, it was just like, oh, this is completely a Pocahontas in space 
where the Indians are blue, and mm-hmm. um, I mean that, that's it. And I, 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 I had a 3D TV when it came out, and where you like wore the glasses and everything, and it was visually stunning when you watched it with the 3D. But the second you turn it to just normal, it's like, oh, this is really creepy. I it's left weird. the movie theater nauseous. The only time I've ever left like a 3D viewing sick. Like I remember that, and I was like, "Oh man, my stomach hurts, dude. My head's spinning." I can definitely see it because it. It was it one of the really first ones where you, I think it was the first or one of the first ones where you wore glasses the entirety of the film. Yeah. Because I also remember seeing um, Superman Returns. That's the one with Brandon Routh, right? Two thousand four, two thousand five. I don't know. I remember seeing that in IMAX three D, and it had times where glasses would pop up on the screen, and that's when you put your glasses on. Um, but I believe Avatar was like the first time that they used like IMAX dual cameras to film, uh, and that's what he does. You know, he comes up with these things. I just think that the advancements in 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 Avatar was just greatly overstated. Um, you know, and and I try to track down information about Avatar. It's like you got all these Avatar nuts who are just like, oh, he's like a revolutionary, and he 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 created new technology for this film, and it's going to be amazing. I was like, all right, well, what's the new technology? And they're like. Oh, it's it's something to do with like the way they film. Like, what are you like? Are you talking about like the the little cameras they have underwater where they're going to be able to like move around a little more nimbly? Like, that's I mean they they have that. This is they strapped a camera to it. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, then that's basically it. And I think at some point they put like balls on the top of the water to block out like residual light so they can control light underwater a little bit better, which is like natural evolution of that type of filmmaking. So. I don't find anything impressive with the second one coming out, especially with how unreasonably late it is. Uh, to assume that the hype would still be there is, is laughable, but... It's 13 years later? Yeah, I mean, you know, people will like it, I'm sure, you know. It'll probably make a billion dollars, but what movie doesn't? You know, and it's another thing people kind of compare. is like, oh, this movie made this much money and this much money. It's like, dude, that movie came yep. out... 15 years ago. We talking about <laughs> movies didn't what? make that much back then. They made like 400,000 or 400 uh, million dollars and it was a, a raving success, you know? Like Well, and it was also different. in in theaters for like two full years. Yeah, and he keeps re-releasing Avatar over and over and over yeah. and over and over again just so that he can hold on to titles. Same thing with like, you know, he's he was so situated with the Titanic list, you know, uh, the Titanic number one spot. And then that got beat out. So naturally he had to go and try to one up it. He's just, he comes off as petty, um, a successful petty person, but the accomplishments that he has don't seem to be based around anything other than him just wanting to be seen as better as other people and stuff. Uh, and from what I hear, he's kind of a douche to, to deal with. So, uh, whatever. I'm not interested in it. I'm certainly not going to pay for it at any point in my life. I will never pay for another Avatar film. Uh, I didn't say I won't watch another Avatar film, but I will not spend money on Avatar ever. Uh, okay, I will be so- at Disney World and I might stop into the Avatar world because they have like their own area uh, because the environment is actually like really like gorgeous and stuff. I want to see like the, the engineers that built it, you know, but uh, their work, but not not because I appreciate the films. It's It's a dud. So I, I, I just found a Wikipedia page uh, talking about James Cameron's unrealized projects. And I, the only one I want to talk about real quick is uh, in 1990, he, Cameron attempted to buy the rights to film uh, an adaption of the novel Jurassic Park. 
and our boy steven spielberg bought the rights a few hours before cameron could do so oh my god thank you steven spielberg hey i mean we can't knock i mean hey you know it's not okay. like there's certain things about james cameron but he knows but, how to make a movie in 1990 i think we had t2 bro what terminator 2 yeah yeah that, that's, that's fine, but one of the greatest it, movies ever made <laughs> like yep. steven spielberg though did jurassic park so well yeah but he I, also i just a, don't see spielberg has on been on a decline since well you know yeah I mean? at least james cameron is 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 producing content that's getting like results right now it's like the the closest thing you got ready player one and that's he probably directed 20 and not even 25 minutes of live action <laughs> in that film yeah uh so i mean you know he's sitting back relaxing a little bit he's yeah. still taking the, the accolades but he's not he's not working at least cameron's out there working he knows how to produce content too I'm not going to say he's a spielberg because you don't say a cameronian art style you say a spielbergian art style yeah. you know what i mean or film style um, because he's a trendsetter that type of thing but you know i don't know how that would have gone but i know that jurassic park is is a phenomenal film and and i'd prefer it to be just the way it is and, and even thinking about it being made by somebody else would be just not great. Um, so let's move on. Yes. Okay, let, let's rattle some of these off quickly. We've been talking about this stuff for a long time. We were, I mean, we're not even a third of the way through our roundup. So I'll just rattle off a couple things. We have Disney Plus Day coming on September 8th. Um, we have a behind the scenes for Obi-Wan Kenobi coming out. We have Thor Love and Thunder coming out. And there's a Cars um show getting released as well um so watch out for those things then um sonic 3 gets a december 20th 2024 release date i didn't mind the first movie i didn't see the second one I just Alba is, is knuckles. i'm not sure about that but i know that sonic and knuckles was my favorite sonic game so um I, hey watch the first one it's not bad to be honest okay. <laughs> it's not it's, i i would dump on that movie so easily but hey i watched it and i was like eh. Hey, to be honest and jim carrey wasn't annoying he was actually kind of fun to watch so yeah hey, that's good give it a shot if you you and your wife want to chill and watch a movie it actually wouldn't be that bad to be honest we'll see um so sony's being sued in the uk for five billion euros 5.9 billion usd i believe and then five billion euros so that's the conversion right there Okay. Uh, you had people mis miscommunicate and put that out there because you had people being like, they're selling and suing them for, for $6 billion or something like that. It was different. So I think it actually is like, it's $5 billion USD and then 5.9 like billion euros or something like that. But uh, it's, there's a it's 5 billion euros and the conversion rate is 5.9. Okay. So you had people, United States dollar. So you had people kind of throwing out weird numbers and stuff, but that, that's actually the lawsuit. Yeah. And what that one's about inflated uh, digital prices, right? And DLC, they're not going to win that. Yeah, they've already they've already settled that. And, and I don't think it's right. I think the companies should absolutely charge less for digital downloads. Uh, but I also am aware that video games back when I was a kid also cost, you know, sixty to eighty dollars. And that was in the nineties when you know you can go into the grocery store and walk out with a full shopping cart with fifteen bucks. You know what I mean? So. We are living in a day and age where we really should probably be paying, based on inflation, like $150 for video games and close to like $1,200 for consoles. But 
we're not. <laughs> so, you know, I don't want to bite the hand that feeds on that one because I see it as a little bit different. Uh, I know people, you know, you really should save 10 bucks off of digital copies. And that's really what I thought how things were going to be. But uh, Nintendo sitting there like, like, you know, like they're about to get hit next. <laughs> you yeah. know, they're worse. Uh, they never Sony, go like games for Nintendo never go on sale. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sony isn't necessarily the only ones out there doing that. So no. I don't know why they're being sued, but whatever. They're not going to win that. That's that's just make a point. Uh, but it is true. I think that there should be a difference. However, I think the difference would probably go in the other way where games would stay the same price and then physical copies get increased in price. You know what yeah. I mean? Because we're, yeah. we're in that time, man. Yeah, understand that. Games, games in the 90s also cost $80, $70. So deal with it. Uh, next yep. one here, former employee pleads guilty to stealing self-driving car secrets. Uh, Engadget reports Xiaoling Zeng uh, was accused of transferring a 25-page document that includes the engineering schematics of a circuit board for the company's self-driving vehicle, along with technical manual manuals describing Apple's prototype to his wife's laptop. He was also accused of stealing circuit boards and a Linux server from the company's development labs. Uh, he was then arrested when attempting to board a last-minute flight to China. Ooh, good mm -hmm. catch. Yeah, that was a good catch, actually. We have to be moving <laughs> fast. And Apple is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, a lot of talk about the Apple car for years. Don't know if it's ever coming out. You know. uh, I, I thought I heard a, a deal that they were working with Hyundai to actually, like, for the Hyundai to produce the chassis and um, basically the all of the car in Apple would just provide the... Korean, huh? Yep. Interesting. And, I think uh, yeah, Hyundai's Korean, right? I think Hyundai's Korean. Um, uh, I think so. I yeah. can't remember. Regardless, um, Apple, at least what I was, saw last, is that Apple would um, basically put all the electronics in. So, mm. uh, well, I think I, I I heard that Apple had had some test um, prototype cars built uh, in house, then realized that it was way above their um, their expertise and they wanted to outsource to another company for the chassis and yeah. the car parts. So like that fabrication on a, on a larger scale too. Yeah. It's not like yeah. Tesla. They got their factories and stuff. Apple doesn't, you know, they don't have their, they don't have their different divisions that are working on rocket ships and all that. Other stuff. <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. they, they literally just, they're doing their thing. So, um, yep. you know, good catch by Apple, but you know, that's pretty shady. Whatever, man. Yeah. Trying to, trying to, some little, AI espionage, whatever. Yeah. Uh, the self-driving cars are uh, an affront to, to humanity, and we should probably just entrust humans behind the wheels. Until I guess until we get to the point where it's uh, completely flawless, which I don't think will ever be the case, as no. long as there are other people out there driving. Like the well, only way to do it is that if everything is automated, yep. <laughs> there's no way because randomly one person driving barreling through an intersection just like they do. You know, and running into a bunch of other cars that aren't braking because they're not expecting it. Like, it's just, it'd be yeah. mayhem. Same thing with flying cars and this people's fascination. It's like, you're really going to take these dumbasses and put them in the air? Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Are you and, insane? And the, uh, everything, if you're going to do cars or airplanes or whatever, or everything's automated, it has to be automated. Everything mm -hmm. has to be automated. Fully automated. Yep. Minority yeah, report so, level type stuff. Yep. Um, Next one, Joker 2 will film in Los Angeles, which I forget where the other one is East Coast or something, right? Where yeah, I mean, there was that, that. The stairs is in New York. Is it New York or New Jersey or something like that? 
So I think I it's New York. I don't know if this is going to take place in Los Angeles or if they're just going to film it. I, I believe the majority of the film is going to take place in Arkham Asylum anyway, so it's going to be an interior. Oh, um, I am... I, I'm not looking forward to that movie with the, on, bro. the what musical you against part. Musicals, bro. Come on now. <laughs> and, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's gonna be. Trash. I, I'm I'm fine with mus- some musicals at least. Yeah. So it's just the uh, with Joker two. I was not expecting that. Anyways, yeah, yeah. I don't know. it's that's gonna yeah. be ass cheeks. Yeah. Uh, talking Sony, about oh, what? Okay. We're gonna, gonna pop on the Sony. Yeah, yeah Sony's yeah. increasing PS5 production. Uh, they're also increasing prices pretty much everywhere else other than America, and the world is irate. <laughs> It's absolutely beside itself. I forget what it's like. Europe. There's a specific set of of countries that are actually going to be getting increases, uh, but it has something to do with with the the R, um, the REMs being more accessible or or something like that, right? The yeah. rare earth minerals, uh, which, if I'm not mistaken, like China has like 98 percent of on the planet or something like that, right? Um, the particular substance that's in pretty much every type of electronic comes from a very specific uh, mine uh, or mining outfit in China so which is why they have they have our balls in a vice when it comes to technology and and what happens when uh, you know the trade slows down ps5 you know pretty much anything else in during covid that you couldn't get because of that you know the the chip shortage we all we all talked about yeah um, well, supposedly that's lightening up a little bit and it's lightening up but we're still we're going to be feeling effects of the chip shortage for a couple more years unfortunately yeah. i mean yeah i mean it might even be a generational thing depending on on what happens in the next couple years you know yep um but you know that is something that that we do have to worry about we should absolutely i mean i'm, I'm positive we're as a humanity working past the the rems and, and trying to find another easier solution. fabricating yeah fabricatable solution for for that but yeah we'll uh, see yeah we will see um but they are also increasing those prices because of like it's inflation local economies it's a number of things it's not just like oh america gets it for the regular price but everybody's gonna pay the extra it's like no it's because of a plethora of different reasons that they've had to go and do that but yeah. they are getting a, a price bump um matt reeves has signed on potentially i oh, know actually it's confirmed multi-year first look movie deal at warner brothers so um, if, he, if what we talked about last week is true and he like that the batman script was ripped and he was just doing sloppy rewrites warner brothers has literally just dug their grave mm-hmm. i mean uh I, 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 this is just Warner Brothers being Warner Brothers to me. This is them again entrusting a singular person uh, with the entire feel of, you know, uh, a property. And yep. I don't. Now, given Matt Reeves might understand the difference between something like Batman and Superman. Um, however, if you cannot take Superman and have him just easily fit right into the world that Matt Reeves has created, um, you just can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like murder is is quite rare in 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 the world of of uh, Superman. Uh, it is there, obviously, but it's not. You know, there's a lot less detective need when it comes to Superman writing, and um, you know, the whole murderer and and killer that type of of storyline definitely fits in Batman. But again, 
one person, it's hard, man. We've already been over this. Yep. Jim Lee is who you want. That's it. Period. Uh, this, though, is not necessarily... This doesn't mean that he's going to be like in charge of DC. Um, when... I think when Snyder took over DC... Or uh, took over um, Batman... <laughs> I should say DC, because basically did. Um, I think Christopher Nolan was on a first-look basis for like the first couple films as well. Uh, I might be wrong, but basically what it means is that he gets to make comments about whether or not they feel that this is going to roll with the vibe that he has. So he is kind of like, I mean, kind of like an executive producer. Um, yeah. So this puts him in a position to, I mean, if, if they were to bring Snyder back, he would work for essentially him in the sense that Snyder wouldn't be able to make creative decisions without it going through Matt Reeves first. Uh, however, Matt Reeves is not in an executive position to make the calls. Uh, however, they're going to be li what Warner Brothers is saying is that they have chosen the person they're going to listen to, uh, and that person is not Snyder. Contrary to what the internet believes, is not Snyder. <laughs> yeah. It does not mean Snyder is coming. It does not mean Snyder is going to also be on a first read basis. It does not mean that Snyder is going to be ahead of anything. If anything, all it means is that if Snyder is back involved that he is going to have somebody to answer to now. Yeah. That's basically what that means. Yep. So last week we uh, reported that uh, KOTOR was, had shifted developers. Um, there's a little bit more news to that. that Star Wars it, Knights of the Old Republic, KOTOR. Yes. Sorry. I, I just assume. No, yeah. Um, <laughs> we are nerds. Anyway, so it's getting moved from Aspire to their parent company, Saber Interactive, which are um, both owned by Embracer Group. Um, Saber Interactive did Evil Dead, the game, World War Z, SnowRunner, and Time Shift. Mm -hmm. I haven't played any of those games. Um, we talked about Evil Dead when I was referring to yeah. the survival um, killer clowns. Um, really nice game. It's a very nice game. A lot of streamers that I saw play it, they enjoy it. Even though they're accustomed to those style games, they found things they liked about it. Um, yeah. World War Z is uh, your typical heavy first-person shooter, heavy zombie theme, you know, kind of like um, uh, Dying Light 2 and, and, and that type of stuff. So uh, it's a very cookie-cutter zombie first-person shooter experience. Um, yeah. Good, though. Not bad. These are all these are all solid games. Uh, SnowRunner is, is one of the most frustrating things to ever exist. Um Mud Runner is also incredibly frustrating. Uh, those are the games where you're in the trucks and the environment is incredibly difficult to work with and you uh, you operate your vehicles and you utilize equipment on your vehicles to pull yourself out of mud or ice or whatever and deliver things or grab you know pick up things and stuff like that. Uh, it's a simulator game, incredibly frustrating but fun. Um, and then they did time shift. Time Shift was pretty baller back in the day. I like Time Shift. Um, so I'm I'm seeing this as pretty positive, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm I mean, I'm looking at their... Uh, just their list of what they do. And right now, they have like 2,500 employees worldwide. A, just a really good portfolio. Um, they've also been um, in development partner, partnerships with... Uh, other publishers, including producing The Witcher 3. Now, Aspire was just porters, right? And they just port games. 
Um, Aspire, yes. Yeah, so we've gone from a porter to a developer now, right? So yeah. we got some we got some some hitters, you know. There's there's people that can actually uh, do some stuff, you know. Well, and, and it's not only things. that, it, the complete em- employee count has jumped uh, incredibly higher. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's going to be, it looks like there's going to be a lot more people working on it, a lot more people focusing on this game to be good. Yeah. Well, we talked about that last week too with that one game where, um, what was the game that was scrapped because I think it was like Disney, like it was one where they, where they scrapped it because the, the producers were just like, well, no, we, we're going to give you one less year and we're going to, you know, increase your budget for, for employees, but I can't remember. Yeah. But you know, and then they, they shot down that. I, Oh, it was the Iron Man game. Uh, oh, Marvel. that's right. Uh, they shot it down because that's not how that works. They needed the extra year to find extra work for the following year. Um, and also, you know, adding a bunch of people doesn't necessarily just make it work better. You know, it's just, it's more people in the kitchen and, and it can get even worse. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean, I got hope. Hopefully, yeah. you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a passive observer when it comes to KOTOR. There are people that are, are far more appreciative of the game style and what it delivered originally. Uh, I want them to get what they want. You know what I mean? I don't want the game to be geared towards me who uh, doesn't have the patience to deal with like your turn-based attack yeah. you know, structure and stuff like that. I want that's the fair. people that enjoy that game to get what they've waited for. Yeah, uh, And that's that's what that is, you know? Next up, we have the Bad Batch Season 2 is absent from the Disney Plus lineup um, after it was listed previously. Um, well, speculatively rumored for a September 28th premiere date. Um, my guess is that it's either going to be coming out after Andor or they're... I, I hope it's not the case, but they might have scrapped it. Who knows? No. Um, <laughs> no, they wouldn't. I, I mean... It's not Warner Brothers might. we're talking here, right? No, but... Um, who knows? I, I think... Yeah, who knows? <laughs> for sure. We will find out in two weeks' time. If anybody so. could afford it, it would be Disney, for sure. They, yeah. they have their vault. Their vault is, is like a century old, and it is overflowing. Yep. Well, and I mean, we're going to find out exactly what's happening in two weeks, cause when Disney's D23 mm-hmm. is happening, and Disney Plus Day... That's gonna it, be it, that's gonna be the Garrett show for sure. That's, yeah, that's, I, you're gonna. Be, I will. <laughs> I will be taking over reporter that. Reporter hat on, your glasses, you'll be yep. just scribbling, scribbling, scribbling. Yeah, that yep. will be your reigns for sure. Yeah. Uh, so the next one, new trailer for Lord uh, Rings of Power drops. Uh, reactions were kind of mixed. Get a little, little woke talk. Gotta love that. Whenever you see like a female or somebody of, of you know <laughs> of some type of ethnicity. All of a sudden, it's woke. I was like, "What are you people talking about?" <laughs> like, what do you mean? All I see is like a pretty decent-looking Lord of the Rings show. And like, what? Do you, I don't understand what people are all freaked out about. Uh, this to me looks like it's probably going to be better than the Hobbit series. Um, you know, I I liked it. It's fine. Like, it didn't seem. I don't know what. Whatever. People are dumb. Yeah, people are dumb, <laughs> dude. <laughs> um, next one. Uh, this one's interesting. Twitch drops exclusivity clause from partnered streamers contracts now allowing them to also stream on other platforms. Uh, yeah, that's pretty nice. Yeah, uh, Twitch sucks, and they have done a lot of like pretty like crappy things over the years. And 
I definitely don't need to go into details. Anybody that's familiar with that, no, just nodding, right? <laughs> True. That's basically, it's like, they they suck. Uh, they make really bad decisions. They they practice favoritism to the umpth degree. Um, they, anything and everything to involve, you know, that type of work, uh, you would consider them to be pretty bad at managing. Um, one of the things that they did, well, for one thing, if they banned somebody, uh, somebody who streams with that person or has that person appear on their stream can also be banned. Uh, so That's if I, brutal. yeah, so like example, Dr. Disrespect was, was banned. If you were to watch a video of Dr. Disrespect, you would be banned. Um, so we're talking about pretty hostile in regards to, uh, the inclusivity of the community. Um, some shady stuff with DMCA's and how they were trying to manage that. They don't really, uh, you know, communicate bans and ban appeals and stuff very well. Uh, a lot of discrimination, a lot, a lot of issues, just a whole lot of issues. But uh, one of the things that they did was that as soon as you signed with them, you were unable to, to put your product anywhere else. Um, like they owned you basically. Um, they could also, uh, you know, cancel your, your, or, you know, negate your contract. If you said something they didn't like on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever, um, they, they owned you, you know what I mean? And they, they wanted all of the lib They want all the liberties of, of an employer without considering the person an employee. Um, you know, so, I mean, yep. it's, there's terms for that type of stuff. <laughs> uh, and you know, to hear that they're doing a little wiggle room is okay. But the way they, 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 you know, phrased it was just like allowing you to share your content on even more platforms to promote your Twitch content. And it's like, okay, dude, like chill out. So that's a, yeah. uh, that's one that, you know, I've, I've been around Twitch for a while and that's just, there's a lot of things I don't like about Twitch. And, and this is one of those things where it's like, okay, cool. That's like a decent win for the streamers, but to 99.5% of streamers on that platform, it means absolutely like nothing. You know what I mean? This is yep. more work and less, less, you know, uh, benefit. Uh, so whatever. Um, next one is a callback. Actually, I, I put this on here. This was the development. I mentioned it earlier, but background, a uh, background director claims uh, he tried to sneak a copy of background out of WB, but it was deleted already. Uh, that okay, was like the so, phrasing of that. But so my thought here, um, I think what it is more probable to happen, me being an IT person, is that they removed his privileges to see or access the files, mm -hmm. and therefore it looked like it had been deleted to him. Which is incredibly easy. <laughs> it's like very easy. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it, you take a trained IT person with the directive to do that, two minutes, easy, yeah. done. It's a, it's a, he's eating a sandwich while he's doing it. <laughs> you yeah. Know what I mean? Oh it's yeah. Not, it's just part of how this works. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to give some random director for one film access to everything for them to then go and try and steal it. You know what I mean? Like blatantly admitting it's like, just because you made the film doesn't mean that you paid for it out of pocket. Doesn't mean that you went and hired all the actors. Doesn't mean that you did the, the costume design or, 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 or background design yourself. You don't own it, right? Now, this yep. is the, the argument online, too, um, with uh, Snyder, where he did this with uh, the Snyder Cut. This is why the Snyder Cut exists, was because that he was able to to take the film 
and remove it from the Warner Brothers servers, which I'm pretty positive is probably against the, the agreement. Uh, I would bet a dollar at least <laughs> that it is yeah. against the agreement to remove the original uncut copy of the film. Um, it's not those days anymore, you know what I mean? And like you said, it probably was just a flip of a switch. He just no longer has access to these the raw data in these folders anymore. Um, yeah. Or they and, just took it and they moved it somewhere on that, that yeah. he doesn't have access to. You know what I mean? Which yeah. would be fine. It'd be one of the first things that I would do, right? Yeah. Well, and like I said, it, to him, it would look deleted. Yeah. It'd be gone. Yep. Just gone. Yep. That's it. Yep. <laughs> that's and it doesn't necessarily mean that's what it is. But you know, but you know, whatever. This was yep. in there before I had made the comment before. Um, about the the funeral screenings and stuff like that because that in, immediately contradicted this statement. But I left it on here because I wanted to talk about you know that that rabble rousing that the internet was having. Yeah. So John Boyega, um, Finn from the new movies for mm -hmm. Star Wars, says he has no plans to returning to Star Wars. Quote: At this point, I'm cool off it. Finn is at a good confirmation point where you can just enjoy him in other things. End quote. I mean, I feel like the only things that we've really seen Finn in after Sir Sense has been the Lego, Lego movies. Do you think he's referencing the fact that he's a Jedi? Probably. Yeah, I, I, he probably knows. I mean, if I were him, I'd be pissed. Uh, I mean, they positioned him in all of the marketing material that he would be a Jedi for uh, The Force Awakens. And anyways, I, I think he's a little miffed at that situation. Uh, I, I think given a few years from now and if you are approached with a really good opportunity, I think he would take it, but it would have to be perfect. Like Finn is a Jedi fully fledged and he's doing something really dope. Like that would have to be the approach I think for him to actually come back. Cause I mean, at this point he's already doing a lot of other movies and just kind of moving on with his life. Cause he's, he took he's, a bit of a, like I, said, I think he's miffed. He took a bit of an aggressive approach to, to that whole deal. So I think he's done. I don't yeah. think he would just because he, I'm not going to say he would like feel stupid. I think that he would feel like he's kind of like, you know, going back on, on his, his stance and his opinions and stuff. So yeah. I mean, it depends but, on how big the check is that they wave at him, you know? Well, the, how big the check is and um, maybe if it included merchandise rights or, you know, stuff like that, or, mm -hmm. you know, check for merchandise. But I mean, regardless, I'll, there was a lot of actors that said they wouldn't come back to star Wars. Then given enough time, they came back I mean, Harrison Ford, he got a huge check for The Force Awakens, and he was like, oh, there's no way I'm coming back, you know, yeah. like 20 years ago, and then he gets a big old fat check and the rights to do um, Indiana Jones again, and hey, look at that, he's back. Well, he, he came back because he, he probably saw in the script that they killed off the character finally, and he's like, all right, fine, I'll take one well, last Well, that was one of his requirements. They had to, he had to die? Yeah, because he, um, back in the day, he didn't feel like Han Solo it was a needed plot thing at all moving forward after Empire Strikes Back. He he felt the perfect ending for Han Solo was him going into the Carbonite and dying. And when they brought him back for Return of the Jedi, like he he didn't he wasn't cool with that. True, and, uh, actually, damn. Yep, that's hot take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Spicy he, he take. True, yeah, he wasn't though. cool with it. That is so, 100% I mean, true, actually. Empire is like, you don't need him at all. Yeah. And, like, or, so I'm sorry, uh, 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 Return. Yeah. That's, uh, oh, okay. Yep. So, anyways, so all of that, like, 
he did, he's he wanted nothing to do with it but when they approached him and like were trying to make a deal for him to show up in the movie he had a big check requirement and to get the rights to Indiana Jones then uh, the last requirement was for Han to actually die yeah so like those were his three requirements and I mean I, I don't know how much he got but it was a big fat check and like I said, either making the next Indiana Jones movie and that should be coming out in the next year or two. I mean, enough money to just crash planes left and right and not give a Seriously. shit. Seriously. Like, <laughs> that man is a danger to society. <laughs> Get that man out of steering wheels and flight sticks for the love of God. Like, he is he's a menace to society. But and he's uh, old. He's super old. I and mean, he, yeah. he doesn't need to be in the, the Indiana Jones. But, uh, you know, it's always something. He gives off, like... Um, bill murray vibes in regards to his disdain <laughs> for for his success like yeah he hates the fact that he's good at what he does you know what i mean yeah uh, well i mean there's he's cursed there's some... <laughs> he's cursed with 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 talent he, yeah. he literally sees his abilities as like a curse well he he likes a lot of the early movies that he did but the, he hates star wars yeah because like, the, the nerds that are involved with he's not a nerd he's like cool you know what i mean so like yeah He's like the cool jock and like he's just never grown out of that. He's never come around to like the level of fandom. He doesn't understand yeah. it, which is totally reasonable cuz you know, we're not necessarily normal when it comes to the levels of appreciation that we show for something as trivial as a TV show or a movie or a comic book or a cartoon, you know. Um Yeah. It's you know, he's 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 OG. He's 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 a boomer. They're not going to not going <laughs> to feel that way, but Yeah. Anyways, the moving on the we have the first clips of Andor to drop. Um, there there was even a ten minute uh, preview session that happened um, for the Rogue One re-release that they did, especially for this event where they showed t like a ten minute clip mm. of Andor. Then um, there was a big press event that happened as well um, over the last couple of weeks, or it was two or three weeks ago, where. A, bunch of people from the media got to watch the first couple episodes mm. um so there there's been a lot of little information dropping i there it sounds like it's going to be pretty intriguing um there's going to be some isb action uh so the imperial security bureau which mm -hmm. is like a you know fbi yeah, on steroids them. so I, I think it's going to be really cool um yeah i'm looking forward to it hmm. yeah it's uh I'm gonna watch it, obviously, and I'll, I'll probably like it. But uh, you know, I'm not super hyped for Andor, uh, and we've already been over this numerous times. Yeah. But you know, clips are dropping, clips are dropping. Yeah. So we had She-Hulk come out. The first two episodes are out now. Um, and the second, okay. So we'll we'll talk about the first point I have here. Um, She-Hulk is the first MCU character to break the fourth wall. I feel a little bit um, miffed about this because. I, I've always felt like that was a, like a Deadpool thing to do, um, but I looked it up, and she does it in the comics, and it's like that stupid like way of comedy relief, mm. and that's exactly how it is in the show, so I, I get it, but it's just like, really, we couldn't wait another two years or three years until we get Deadpool in the, the MCU? The character, the, the show, it just doesn't have the clout to do that. You know what yeah, I mean? I I, yeah. I feel Deadpool. It's like if you don't do it, it's a disservice, right? Yeah. It's different with She-Hulk. You could have absolutely yeah. not done it, and it would have been better. <laughs> so, 
I don't I don't like the breaking of the fourth wall. It it was jarring to me when it happened the first film or the first episode. I mentioned it to my wife the second it happened. I was like, oh, no, what are you doing? Like, oh, stop, please don't. And, like, it just kept doing it. And it wasn't the first time or it wasn't the last time that it happened. And I was just, I didn't, I don't like that show. <laughs> I, I was actually, I'm pretty, I was probably pretty hyped for it compared to your normal person. But uh, I did not end up liking that show very much. Yeah. Um, the but, yeah. rumors about that is that uh, the the director slash writer or the director wanted to have the um, origin story towards the end of the season, but Marvel was like, no, we're going to do it here. And instead of rewriting it and making it work, they argued about it until the last second and then frantically rewrote and shoehorned in an origin story. And that's why the first episode felt like just so bad. Oh, yeah. Anyways, um, in the second episode, I haven't watched it yet, but I got there's some good screen grabs um, of like a, a news web page um, with some like the main article. Then you you know like with normal news websites, they have the ads on the side, hmm. mini it's, articles and stuff like well, that. I mean, most of the time, if you like go to CNN.com, like there's a little strip of ads on the right side. Mm-hmm. Um, where that would typically be, uh, have like little side mini articles that you can click on and look at other stuff, um, or just like it almost also felt like a, a police blotter, if you will. Yeah, I mean it was such um, a bad looking website from what I saw too. I was like, oh yeah, God, I mean it was <laughs> obviously put together in like we, three minutes. Yeah, this twenty years ago, I remember them doing that. That's my yeah. one of my favorite things to look for in movies is like their version of Google. Or like how they're hacking into things and just yeah. how horrible like the the whatever the hell they're using and yeah it's, it's it holds a it holds a special place in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I know what yeah. you're talking about. This one didn't even have a border around it. It was just like no. a sentence and then below it another yeah. sentence. Anyway, so the the first bullet point was um, hinting at Wolverine actually existing in the the current MCU. They uh, basically. Mm. Man, about a guy with it? claws. Yeah, or, man, yeah, man with, with claws. claws gets in bar fight or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, very obvious that Wolverine's mm. out there right now in the MCU. And it, I mean, the very first like thing happening in, or not the, I guess it's not the very first thing, but um, in the first episode of She-Hulk, you have that lady that has like super strength, or not? I wouldn't say super strength, but she's super strong and. Like bust into that courtroom. Oh my god! It was so weird. No, I just. It was so weird. Even, why do you even remind me of that? I was I, actually I, I pretty good for the last but, few days, but now it's back. <laughs> well, and it's just like, is she supposed to be a mutant? I don't know What's who the hell that on? was or what was going look, on. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm just talking about a mutant in general, like mm-hmm. some random person that has abilities now. Um. Anyways, so that 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 all felt weird, but. It's definitely hinting is what's coming in the MCU. It would not surprise me if we get uh, some announcements in at D23 mm-hmm. regarding um, X-Men or specifically Wolverine. Um, then the next one was the acknowledgement that there's a big giant dude in the middle of the freaking ocean left over from the Eternals. It's like this is the first time in the MCU since that's happened that there's been any acknowledgement that the Eternals actually happened. When did that happen, though? When did Eternals take place? Um, let me look up the map. Cause how long has that celestial been there? You know what I mean? I guess, I guess at the end of the movie, he, you hear blades voice, 
the blade in this universe could be hundreds of years old for all I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, um, it seemed pretty okay, disjointed so, from the rest. Yeah. I guess there was a scene. So I'm looking at a thing. The clothes looked fairly nor- like current day. So maybe. Yeah. So according to Disney Plus, and this is from Looper.com, um, Eternals takes place after Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, but before Hawkeye. Huh. So. So it's still within the realm. Yeah, yeah, but still, it's just like the Eternals just felt so much like its own thing mm-hmm. and wasn't really a part like of the completely MCU. disjointed from everything else. Yeah. yeah, and now we get this one little itty bitty thing that if you pause it at just the right second, you could see it. Yeah, well, I mean that was just kind of a nod to it because I think that's more of like the conversation around and be like, how is nobody talking about this? You know, like there's a gigantic being poking out of the earth now and nobody's like talking about it nobody's freaking out or going out there or anything yeah seriously. Uh, so this is what, this is kind of what that show is feeling like oh captain america's a virgin like oh how come you look different from you used to because that's that's it's another so comment he's talking about ed norton and shit and then you got you know it's just uh uh yeah, i don't know who's writing it but they need a chill Right, it's yeah. like they have they they got they have an idea of what they think is funny, and that they're just overplaying it. As I'm but, getting, I'm getting um, uh, uh, Paul Feig yeah. uh, vibes from from all this, right? It's yeah. Paul, well, they, right? <laughs> from Ghostbusters. So it, it's like this: they're trying to make it like talk about like meta things going on, you know? And it's just like, why? There's yeah. no reason. It's too meta, and like I said, they haven't earned yeah. the clout to 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 be the out the outlet yeah. for that type of meta conversation. Yeah. So whatever, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll skip on it. But yeah, we did get a little little hint um, of some some Wolverine. I sure hope they don't focus on Wolverine again. Um, I don't want the entirety of the of this of the films from here on out to be based around the coolness of one character. Um, you know, I and really I want them to to introduce. I want them to introduce mutants, and I want them to introduce Xavier and the school, and yeah. then I want them to bring Wolverine in. You know, yeah. like it should be. Well, and I what I'm hoping that they do is, I mean, I mean Patrick Stewart's what ninety some <laughs> at this point. Yeah, they have to have a new care or new person for Xavier. Um, they have to. They have to. I don't. Whether it's well, they can't. You never know when when you know he's going to kick the bucket. You well, know? exactly. You you have to have someone different unless you're going to be recreating him <laughs> for the rest See, of yeah. eternity. Yeah, It'd be literally um, the only Professor X for for all time. Yeah. And so like you have to have that. So I mean, it, uh, what's the the character the guy's name that um, did it in first? James McAvoy. I was confusing him with um, Michael Fassbender, which plays Magneto. I mean, super I, it, good. Like Matt, Michael Fassbender is just got he's chops. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's, he's like great. nothing but chops. Yeah, <laughs> man. So I mean, if they brought them through this, I mean that'd be okay. But I, I really feel like they need to have new blood. They need new blood because it'll just. I mean, they're waiting so long to to separate their connection to the um, the original X Men series. You know, enough yep. time has passed. They're waiting so they don't have to. Um, you know, have certain credits show at the end of the film. You know, they have a feeling they know what they want, right? And if yep. if what's there fits in it, they'll use it. But they are they are not shy about just rebooting it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so we'll see. But you know, I'm I'm, I'm gonna 
cautiously move forward in, in regards yeah. to expectations for X-Men because yeah. to me, X-Men, I've already been over this way above the Avengers when I was a kid. So, you know, what Marvel did with the Avengers and, and how they've converted so many people and myself included into fans of those characters, um, like outright, you know, everybody has their favorite Avenger. That's, you know, just imagine what they would do with X-Men. Holy. Yep. Like, as long as they did it right. And they're already kind of knocking on the door of not doing things right. So, we got to well, be careful. Okay, so, I just talking about that, a lot of people, I mean, with She-Hulk and all everything with Phase 4, they're like, oh, we're getting Iron Man 2 again. And, like, all of this slag through stuff. We had all of that, like, slag, if you will, in that... Um, phase two early phase three stuff to get excellent payoff at the end of phase three like that's what's happening right now we are in a building phase in the in the mcu mm. where we're gonna have some great payoff we just have to get there phase two is different phase two is your is your act two of a three three act story you know what i mean yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and, we're we're jumping to act two and act one and we're expecting people to to uh just kind of absorb the the world building and and character development that was earned in the original phase one you know what i mean like each each character got their time they got their individual stories and then it started getting a little muddled and deep and yeah. dark and then you get your payoff so i mean they're 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 jumping around a little bit they're not doing it the same way um they're they're trying to cut some corners and i, I mean at this point they've earned the right to do that unfortunately Mm. I think certain characters got to earn the right themselves. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Certain I characters agree. don't need it. Like like Doctor Strange, I think would have been better if he just showed up. Yeah. Um, um, but you know, like uh, She Hulk needs to earn the ability to to be the the fourth wall breaker in the MCU type thing. Is yeah. what I'm saying. So. Anyways, let's let's get yeah, done. Let's with move this. on. We'll get through it. Uh, Pinocchio trailer drops. Uh, we'll have that one linked. Um, I think it looked good. It looked yeah. very, very close to the source material cartoon in terms of art style. Uh, I, Tom I really Hanks liked it. Gonna be uh, Geppetto. That's his name, right? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Looks good. Looks what you would want it to be. Like I said, I think uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro is releasing his own Pinocchio film where it just looks like nightmare fuel. Like Pinocchio literally looks like a branch and it just, it's like, it's terrifying. But, you know, just different interpretations of the characters but uh, that trailer did drop uh, i think that one comes out on september 8th as well i don't have the release date uh, but it is coming to disney plus straight um next one there's gonna be this is weird king kong is coming to disney plus uh and that is going to be a serialized action adventure series um based on a completely new or different kong and kong island focusing on the mythology of, of him and the island itself and stuff so uh, gonna be weird i don't know how universal character wiggled on to disney plus i mean the original um the original incredible hulk film with ed norton was a universal film they still own the rights for right now we talked about that last week how they might be uh, losing those rights to disney come next march or may or something like that um so that's coming i'm gonna, i'm actually gonna give that a shot i mean hey that's Sounds good to me. <laughs> you know, yeah. giant monkey fighting dinosaurs and shit. I'm down. All right, so round it off here. We got a couple left. Uh, this one's interesting. I actually didn't even know this existed, but a uh, move or it was a show 
Evil Dead Rise is actually being moved from an HBO Max release to now a theatrical release expected for a scheduled release of April 21st, 2023. Um, I looked into it. Evil Dead Rise, uh, I know you haven't seen this, but I think we talked about the original Evil Dead movies and Army of Darkness, um, which is a goofy one-off film. Um, it's like one of my favorite films ever, though. <laughs> um, this, however, is a follow-up to the... I think it was like 2014 or 2015 or something like that. It was a remake, hyper gory, very well done uh, remake of, of Evil Dead. Now this is going to be a uh, now film, standalone film, uh, that follows either uh, a couple of the characters from the original film or the original remake, um, or is just kind of setting place in that world. Uh, but yeah, that is actually a new development. Didn't know they were making that. Evil Dead Rise moved from HBO Max to now a theatrical release April 21st. Uh, and then lastly here, here's that cherry on top that I mentioned earlier. Netflix has already canceled the Resident Evil series. <laughs> so sheer proof that it is uh, currently impossible for, for these companies to properly uh, translate the storytelling from a video game, even the interest and vibe of, video, of a video game into a series or a film uh, and that we have not reached that point yet but what do you yeah. think we talked about resident evil and and the speculation around it and the, the opinions that it's it was horrible and that they had the perfect opportunity and they still fumbled it yeah i it is what it is i, I don't i don't know what other comment there is <laughs> to say i mean um you know and i they talked about this it's like oh they're gonna cancel that like they're yeah. of course i mean they're already talking about canceling um Sandman and Sandman's like the biggest release on Netflix and like ever or something like that. And they're, they still haven't greenlit a second season. So Netflix That's is, stupid. Netflix is on fire. You know, the, the smoke is there. Uh, it is, it is not doing too hot. Like Sandman was like, it's, it's redemption for me. It's like, Oh, they got something good that popped up and they're already talking about whether or not they're, they're going to cancel it. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, you might want to switch to a month by month, uh, basis for your Netflix subscription, like a Garrett here, <laughs> just, uh, you know, pick and choose the months that you want to watch stuff instead of actually sit there and kind of feed it to them. Uh, I think by this point it's, it's, it's about ready to abandon ship on, on Netflix for sure. Um, price is absurd. The quality has slipped. Their originals suck and things that you love get taken away, uh, faster than, than you'd expect, you know? Yeah. I do love um, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, though. That was fire. That movie's dope. <laughs> Last uh, time we had Netflix, I watched it, and I it was I just could not believe what I was watching. It was so funny. What the 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 um, Ballad? Yeah, Buster Scruggs. I think it's absolutely gorgeous. Like just absolutely gorgeous uh, storytelling. It's yeah. a it's a series of directors. They all have their own little section of it and stuff like that. But um, it's just so nice. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's so well done. It's, it feels so genuine. It feels just, it's, you know, it's a little dark, uh, especially little the, dark. especially the, the one about the, uh, the traveling entertainer. Um, was that the one with the, the armless? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Gosh, and the, and yeah. the river. Yes. Yeah. Um, I love, absolutely love the gold rush one. Uh, the, the prospector, I think it was called. 
Yeah. Uh, it's like my favorite thing ever. I love it. Um, the Buster Scruggs intro, uh, that, that story was really great. I mean, even the James Franco one, um, the, the hotel with the body on the, on the roof of the carriage on the way there and him telling the story, everything about that. I just love it. So that's my only regret is that if we lose Netflix, might lose that film, uh, I guess in spirit, <laughs> but you know, you lose the easy access to, to that film. But you know, other than that, Netflix is kind of, they're shooting blanks by this point. So, yeah, uh, you know, mind your, mind your subscriptions, people. Uh, that looks like it is it for the roundup for the week. This was an intensely long show. Uh, I'm going to limit the amount of editing because I don't want to sit here for the next five hours editing this. So, uh, you know, if you hear any any <laughs> hiccups, uh, variances in audio, some re-records or whatever, you you know, hey, it is what it is. Right? This is a busy week. Right? I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a father, right? I got responsibilities and limited time frame to work with. Uh, but this this week was absurd. And uh, we had to, we had to definitely talk about all this. Um, apologize to anybody that, that has been hoping that we would get shorter shows. Uh, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, so I like to close out the show with our weekly plug, uh, you know, of our social media. Again, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, Facebook, all that good stuff at Nerd Chatter Show. Go and head on over there. Uh, our, our Twitter, I had mentioned earlier, we like to post, um, you know, interesting articles and news releases, trailers, pictures, that type of thing. So go ahead and follow us over there. If you want to keep a, a nice constant feed of some of the stuff that we're going to talk about in the uh, weekly show, uh, you can find all of our episodes of the nerd chatter podcast, anywhere you can find podcasts, including Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, YouTube, and pretty much anywhere else. Uh, if you're interested in becoming part of the community, you can join our discord where we share images and trailers and free games and stuff like that. Or you can head on over to our Patreon where we do Patreon specific content for our supporters over there. Uh, we're going to be recording another one here soon, actually, but we have the top three Star Wars games over there, uh, early access on some of the episodes for the Nerd Chatter podcast. So uh, some good stuff. If you want to support us, you can definitely feel free to check out the link down there below. And uh, if you're on YouTube, links are in the description. Uh, if you're listening uh, to, to the podcast on any of the podcast platforms, you can head on over to nerdchatter.com and uh, get any links that you would need to get whatever information that you need. Uh, Garrett, thank you my friend i appreciate You're welcome. it welcome this was beefy yes uh it's gonna be a long show regardless of how much i edit it so we're gonna go ahead and uh head on out you guys take it easy later